stiff arms of crap after <laughs> Draco match right there. Fighting through contact, fighting through drop the line, being a double team, multiple moves stacked into one, just a play of pure domination. This is actual film, this is actual football talk. It's a football show, so it's football, not storylines. And you are listening to the first edition, well, the 35th edition of Blue It's Blitz, um, live YouTube show. We're trying something out uh, very, very new for the first time. Um, myself and Kyle Smith are on the, the meeting, the, the YouTube live, going to be doing a 53-man roster prediction. We're going to be doing some superlatives. Didn't tell Kyle about that because I want to surprise him. It's always fun to surprise him and uh, make him pick some things and talk about some things he had no idea about. So we will uh, be doing some of that. So Kyle, what's up? Oh, that's going to be interesting. Uh, not too much, Joe. Um, how you doing, sir? Doing well. Like I said, first time doing this, so uh, there's some things to to work out. Um, hopefully, we can build a little bit of an audience doing this. Hopefully, we can get some calls um, and build that for the future. Like I said, I think we're probably going to try to do this about monthly if Kyle's down for it, um, which he seems to be for now until until I send some uh, mysterious topics at him. But like I said, 35th hey, edition. Uh, fix your camera so we can see more of your face. No, see, there you go. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so it's new, new, the new YouTube live stuff. Um, but 53-man roster, superlatives. Um, other than that, I don't want to do too much housekeeping because we are live and I don't want to waste people's time. You might be clicking in for the first time. So let's go right into the superlatives, Kyle. Like I said, uh, call in whenever you want. I'm going to be screening the calls. Again, you could just comment on YouTube if you want, or you could be, uh, or you could call in. The call in number um, is going to be just actually, I'll, I'll, I'll say in a second. There's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff on my screen, but superlatives. Um, first one, Kyle, and this is something that we did on the website. Uh, myself, Sabo, Nania, uh, Sam, and Ben Blessington, who I need to have a conversation with, by the way, <laughs> who <laughs> apparently is going to try to try to uh, have a little contest with a 40-yard dash and stuff with me. The Jets. And ben Park always was a little cocky. Yeah. Hey. Well, it's going to be uh, it's going to be fun meeting him in the Jets parking lot. But superlatives. Oh, he's coming down this. for a game. Oh, not this year though. No, no. I don't know. Uh, it seems like you're a little bit behind me, Kyle. But superlatives, offensive breakout star, non-rookie. Who do you got? Offensive breakout star, non-rookie? Um, yep. Perriman. Perriman. Okay. I'm, I'm just gonna, I want to see how, how many of yours match, match the ones that I got. Is that what you had? Um, and that, yep, exactly. I wanna be, I wanna be, we're going to be seeing here. So If he's healthy, I, I think, star, I think I, he's going to have a sneaky good year. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that just because of his tape. And I watched the tape, obviously, of, uh, of him, you know, last year. And I think the whole five-game thing that he was productive is a little bit overstated where I showed in that, in that film review. Again, if you want to go back and watch that, you can. You're on the Jets X Factor uh, site right now or, you're, you know, you're watching, listening. So I know you guys can go back and watch that if you haven't before. You didn't so, even need to. You um, have the whole thing on YouTube. That's one of the ones that you have the whole thing on there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, I match you with that one, Kyle. Let's see with the next one. Again, I got like a billion windows open, and this is going to be a little bit rusty because this is my first time ever doing this. But all uh, offensive rookie of the year, who do you got? Offensive rookie of the year. 
Mm. Um, shoot. I mean, okay. To our team or what would be recognized more by the NFL? Oh God, you're going to get super. Cause one, here. cause one, cause <laughs> one player, one player would never win it in terms of NFL. Like never, ever, ever. Do you know what I mean? You're talking about stats and stuff. No, I want I'm to- who's the I'm best talking offensive about, rookie. I'm talking about a lineman would never win it. Yeah, you know I want Kyle's offensive rookie of the year. I don't care about the NFL. Um, that's tough because I really like both of the first two picks, um, and I could see either one of them having a bigger year for us. I'll say Becton more so than Mims, and I'll say it for a couple of reasons. I think that the nature of this offseason and the fact that Mims had the hammy injury and he missed time like you already knew he was going to be a little raw coming in this year because of his limited route tree. And, you know, yeah. it was going to take him, you know, like a solid year to develop anyway, but now having this, you know, really abbreviated year. And plus the fact that I just think that because Beckton is going to add so much in the run game. And when you compare how bad our run game was from last year to what I think it potentially could be this year, I think that jump is going to be much more noticeable. So I'd give it to Beckton just based on that. Yeah, we match, we match with that one. And I see the people commenting on the YouTube. Uh, I will be getting to you guys. We have 34 people in here, which is, which is awesome for the first time. So I, I really do appreciate everybody who's in here. Again, I want to keep running this uh, once, uh, once a month. Again, uh, we'll, we'll continue to build the page, whether it be through call-ins or the guys who watch on YouTube. We'll give some stuff away, whatever it may be. Um, but I appreciate everybody who's, who's jumping in here and who's commenting on the YouTube. I, I do see you guys, which I will get to some of your questions for sure. Uh, so Kyle, let's run through these relatively quick because we have to do this and the, okay, sorry. I'll, I'll, I'll no, no, it's okay. Quicker. No, no, the thing is me and Kyle could talk about Beckton being the offensive rookie of the year for two hours because we get really, Oh, well, I don't know about his footwork on this play. Like, you know, so, uh, which we have to talk about a couple, a couple things like that, you know, that, that post throw that I could make, by the way, I'm, I'm very <laughs> confident in myself making a 30 yard throw. Yeah. We'll seven talk about 10 that. Times. <laughs> yeah, we will. So, um, I, I match you with that one. Perryman Beckton offensive play, uh, most disappointing player. Most disappointing player, and I could pick any player on the whole roster. Yep. Okay. Um. Hmm. Man, I might say something that might really, really, really piss people off. <laughs> Do it. it it's uh. It, it'll make the, the viewers go up. Hopefully, Sam Darnold. Really, you are down on Darnold. That is that is very surprising. I'm just yo. Who, but seriously, okay, you could maybe pick Le'Veon Bell, but I think after last year, a lot of people are kind of already thinking. Like you just said when you did your Frank Gore show, like you said, ninety percent of Jets fans will probably think that we'll cut Bell next year with saving that money, right? So yeah. even if he had like a semi-good year, it wouldn't be a shocker if he's gone for whatever reason. You know, people aren't super high on Perriman. Like, you know, like what do we really have? People have high hopes for Darnold. You know, people are watching the one Jets drive and Jordan Palmer hyping him up just like he hyped up Christian Hackenberg. Let's not forget. I mean, so people expect really big things out of Darnold. And I'm not saying Darnold is going to be terrible, but I don't know that Darnold will ever amount to expectations that he had pre-draft. So when you just think about that right there, he, who's going to fit more, most disappointing other than him? I'm not saying he's going to be terrible, but just I'm answering the question as best I can. Yeah, yeah, and uh, there's some people asking too: Is it 55 man roster instead of 53 this year? I'm pretty sure it's still 53 man roster. So that's that's what we did. I think next year might be the 55. Um, I believe that's what's happening. 
and then I see some people um, commenting on some guys who are disappointing. Uh, TJ Decker says Perrine. Um, I'm not, I don't really have high expectations for Perrine in terms of offensive most disappointing. So I, I think he's going to get five to ten snaps. He's the, the game third back. string running think. back right off the jump. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So I don't. Yeah, so I don't think so. Bless Austin. That's that's maybe for defense. We'll get to defense later. Uh, I think I might have taken the the the, the cop out answer, the cop out answer, whatever. Uh, I did Alex Lewis. <laughs> I don't oh, want to. I don't want to say God. Darnold. Um, I think people. I think I think people's uh, opinions of him are a little bit inflated. Where they think he's better than he was last year, just because he's a rough and tumble type guy who'll punch you in the mouth. So I don't think he's very good. I think he's gonna be the worst offensive lineman of the year. Um, so I chose Tim Darnold. Again, it depends on where your expectations are. If your expectations are for him to be a top 10 quarterback this year, I think you will be disappointed. But it's all, it's all relevant because you have to factor in what's around him at this point. And looking at the receivers, how injured they are, looking at the offensive line, um, them gelling in a unforeseen offseason, something that's never happened before, um, them having to gel quickly coming up against teams like the, the 49ers with Bosa. Um, obviously the Colts who have a solid uh, defensive front. You have the Broncos with Chubb and Miller. You have the Bills. You know, you have a bunch of good teams that they're going to be going against. So it's going to take a little bit to gel. And the Jets do have, and I know people say the schedule doesn't mean anything. I, I kind of fall in between. The schedule means everything and, and it means nothing. Somewhere in the middle. You, you expect good teams to be good still when you play them. Yeah. Like when we play the Patriots, you expect them to beat us. Uh, you know, the last couple of years, I'm not saying this year, you expect the Niners to still be a good run team, et cetera. Good coached, well coached. The Bills be well coached, et cetera. So, um, it depends on where your expectations are. I just want to see steps up in the right direction from, from Donald, but moving on, uh, offensive best player, who's the best player on offense. Again, not necessarily just by ESPN. We don't care about ESPN. This is, this is our, our, uh, superlative show. Best player overall on offense. Hmm. Um, I'll go with bell. I think, I think he's going to be better this year. Um, hey, help me out here. Cause I don't really follow a lot of the beat reporters really closely. I don't really read a lot of their crap. Um, cause quite honestly, I think some of them are, um, hold on. Um, can you hear me, Joe? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got you. Oh, sorry. You know, I had the YouTube live thing playing and I think that one's delayed. So like it was throwing me off. Um, I know Costello is one of the guys saying like, Oh, Bell's taking a real step back this year. I don't know if other guys are saying that. And again, I'm not watching him in practice. Um, but just ju- judging based on Bell's tape last year and looking at all, looking at all the you know, uh, work he put in on the off season. It's hard for me to really see that he's going to uh, look a lot slower this year. I mean, Bell's never been a fast player. That's never been his game. So I don't know where that's coming from, but when I just look at the whole roster, it's hard for me to think that he wouldn't be the best player on offense this year. He was still good last year. He was still making guys miss. He was still catching balls when they came his way. He was still good in pass pro. I mean, literally, he just did not have a lot of holes to run in last year. That was the biggest problem. He still was a little disappointing, truthfully, but he's the best player on offense. Yeah, I guess some people saying I, – I don't know if people, uh, people are saying Herndon as the most disappointing or Herndon as the uh, best player on offense. If Herndon – one person said that if Herndon gets hurt, uh, Byron – says if he gets hurt, he's the most disappointing, which I agree with because people have high expectations for him. But again, he's had some injury problems, which I'm concerned about with Herndon in terms of him being a a good tight end, kind of like Dustin Keller-ish, not in terms of exact skill set, but a good young tight end who's going to get injured a lot. So I am a little bit concerned um, for Herndon's future in terms of his injuries, but hopefully he's not injured, obviously. That's that's the hope um, that we have to have. Um, You didn't match my, my offensive best player. I actually said McGovern. 
Um, really? And this is again, like, yeah, based on like, like expectations versus reality, I, I think that McGovern is a top 10 ish um, center in the league where Bell is kind of, I think, probably falling towards the back end of that top 10, maybe into the 15s. Maybe he's like, he's like an average running back at this point in his career. Um, and a lot has to do with the offensive line, to be completely fair, because you did, you know, obviously watching the film last year, it was a lot of him just not having any holes to run through, you know, his patient running style mixed with an offensive line where if the hole is open, you got to hit it quickly because the Jets offensive line didn't open the holes regardless. So there's one there, you better take it because it's, it's going to close pretty quick. Yeah. Um, so it's a combination of things. I, I, I would probably say it, it could be Bell and it probably should be Bell, but I went McGovern there. Um, this is a weird one. I don't know why I'm, I, I don't know why not even put this in there, but I'm just gonna see if you match my stuff. Uh, offensive assistant coach of the year. Weird question. Offensive assistant coach of the year. It's not going to be Dowell. We know that. <laughs> no, um, so. hmm. Pollock or Sean Jefferson. Hmm. Who's the running backs coach? Just wondering. I don't even uh, got my head. Uh, the dude, the 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 uh, the guy with the beard. Uh, I forget his I forget his name is to be honest. Who uh, used to be with the Cardinals? Way back yeah. or a couple years ago? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's I him. Forgot, uh, I forgot his name. He used to play in the league himself. Somebody, right? somebody, helped me out in the YouTube live. I know, I know, somebody's in there. He's gonna, he's gonna say it. Hopefully. Um, shoot. Uh, this one's tough. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I'll go with Frank Pollock with the bounce back year. I think. Oh, you're got- right. Yeah, Jets. Uh, this is this is Sabo. Jim Bob Cooter. Yeah, that's 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 the running backs coach. It's oh, not. Jim- uh, I oh, was yeah, thinking so he- about the 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 black dude with the big beard. I, I forget <laughs> yeah, he his was name. With is, ta- he was the top bulls. A couple is years that what ago. It was okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I forgot his name. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Jim Bob Cooter was the former offensive coordinator for the Lions, and he was even getting head coaching consideration a couple years ago. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't. I don't think he'll get it. Uh. I'll say Pollock with the bounce back year. I think he's. You know. He's got a yeah. lot more guys he can mold this year. Um, definitely some mm-hmm. younger dudes and stuff. So uh, I think he's going to continue the trajectory of his career. You know, one thing about offensive line coaches, it's kind of like, you know, sometimes, like I was having a conversation with my cousin last night. He's like, you guys should have hired McCarthy. He's a Packers fan, my cousin. You guys should have I was like, why? Why would I want to hire McCarthy? So like McCarthy at one point in time was a pretty good coach. But mm-hmm. he stopped innovating, you know. Um, and his offense became like, you know, really dry it was kind of like old style iso routes yeah well you know yeah. flat concept constantly um but i think with like offensive line um you know you're not put in that position where you constantly have to innovate and come up with new schemes it's more so like really focusing down on technique and stuff um yeah. so i think that pollock being that he's got like you know like a whole bunch of different dudes to work with i think he's going to kind of get back to his uh where he was at with being one of the better offensive line coaches in the entire league so i'll go with him yeah, the guy's name was Stump. Uh, whatever. I, I forgot his first oh, name yeah, was. Somebody yeah, said yeah. Stump. Yeah, Stump. That's what we were thinking about. It's not Jim Bob Cooter. We forgot. Um, so thank you, Joe Corsella, who who mentioned that. Some people are saying Heinz Ward. Uh, I I think Heinz Ward is going to be a future uh, wide receivers coach. Obviously, he's the assistant now. Uh, I said I said Coach Jefferson, uh, the wide receivers coach, just because I think he's done a pretty good job. Obviously, the son. I think the receivers develop pretty nicely here for the Jets for the most part. You take guys who are kind of nothing and they and they make them something. So I like the receiver development the Jets uh, the Jets have. But I agree with you on on Pollock, Bullock, whatever. Um, because a lot of people, uh, the Jets offensive line was terrible. And it's like the simpleton way of thinking, oh, they were terrible last year, fire. You can't implement a whole system and teach guys technique over one year. Like, obviously, if Jonathan Harrison's terrible at 28 years old, it's going to be hard to teach him and make him good in one year. Like, that, just, that doesn't happen. So, 
what is he coaching them and what are they actually absorbing and what are they taking to that coaching? So I hate that oh, uh, Pollock was a highly regarded coach. We got him every time, you know, saying how, how highly regarded he was in the league. So now that he did bad with the Jets for one year, you know, it's like trying to make me take you as it not, and I'm not insulting you completely here, Kyle, but it's like, hey, Kyle, I'm going to try to make you, you know, good enough to play in the NBA. Well, Kyle sucks at basketball, so I can't make him good to play in the NBA. Like that, you, know, you have shitty offensive line. You're not going to just make him good in a year. Um, again, me or you, I'm not good at basketball either. <laughs> so, but um, continuing on, oh, Stump, yeah, Stump Mitchell, uh, Mitchell, that's that's the name. But um, continuing on again, we're gonna run through these because uh, I want to do, I want to get to a ton of topics tonight. Like I said, first first episode again, 50 people in the chat. I really appreciate all of you guys. Uh, we'll we'll be doing some type of giveaway or something for the people who are who are here, um, or for the people who continue to watch on YouTube. But. Got a lot of topics to run through because I want to give them a ton of content. So we'll see how long we run. Um, offensive overall DVOA over or under 20.5. 20. Are we better than the, 20, the, the 20th or 21st offense or are we worse than that? Um, in DVOA, uh, I'll say worse. Uh, I, I say worse too just because of one, the schedule the Jets have, two, the uh all the new guys coming in obviously too as well with that you know the the new offensive line uh, even new running backs new two and three running backs you know uh new receivers so I, I think they're gonna be worse than that but honestly the Jets being what the 31st 32nd ranked offense last year I think them being around 20 21 22 23 uh will be a huge step up again we're not gonna we don't expect the Jets to be a top 10 offense in the league but I think steps in the right direction is what we're looking for from the young guys here's so. another thing to consider too when you just factor in stats we just just look at the way that Adam Gase manages games and I actually think that he's not a horrible game manager like you'll notice like when when he gets a lead like he wasn't very confident in the offense last year you could just tell and I think rightfully so, especially when you factor in the offensive line and the lack of firepower. He knew that he had a pretty good defense last year. So when they got up in certain games, like the Steelers game, they went really, 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 really conservative. So I think that when you factor in offensive play too and just you know yards accumulation and points uh, scored, that would also be another reason why the offense might be a little bit better than what the stats indicate too. I don't know if you yeah, agree that's with a, that's a good point. Yeah, that, no, that's a good point. I, I do agree with that. Uh, moving on, uh, Le'Veon Bell over or under uh, 1,000.5 rushing yards. I'm going to say over. 1,000 point. Under. Wait, what, what, is, what does he mean by 1,000? Like 1,000 yards and 1,005 <laughs> yeah. yards? I don't know. I don't know why it's not. I don't know why it's 1,000.5. So he's going to have over or under 1,000, but he literally put 1,000.5. That's, that's what it said. So Yeah, I'll, I'll say over. I'll say over. I'm saying under, uh, just because Gase has been a, a guy to rotate running backs uh, typically. Um, even but though what coach doesn't though? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But especially with a guy like Gore here, who he trusts with P Ryan here, uh, a guy I think they like in Josh Adams, even though they try to trade for Balage, which I do not get, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, I, I think that it's going to be a rotation, and I still think the offensive line is still below average at this point. Um, I think. Like, I, like I've said in the past, I think they've upgraded individually at a lot of positions on the offensive line. But in terms of the, the entire line as a unit, as a co one cohesive unit, um, it might take them a little bit to show that they're better than last year, in my opinion, especially against the team. Listen, we're not playing cupcake schedule this year, like I said, to start off. It's, it's pretty rough. So um, they've upgraded, but it's going to take a little bit because, as you know, Kyle, um, more than even I do because you played college offensive lineman, uh, how much you have to work with the guy to the left and to the right of you. So, um 
I played college defensive line. Oh, offensive line in high school, then defensive line in college? Yeah, in high school, I played both. both uh, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. If you don't play both sides of the ball on, uh, in high school, are you really that good? Unless you go to one of those high schools where, like, you just have so much firepower all around that, you know, they can afford to play guys one way. No, my high school football team had, like, 28 by, dudes, and we were, like, three away from getting canceled, so. By the way, I heard you were <laughs> – if I heard you correctly on one of your previous shows, you were saying that you guys played Denellen and you were struggling with their muddle huddle. You guys lost to Denellen. Yeah. You guys lost to Denellen. We, we got smacked versus Denellen. Dude, Denellen is absolute dog shit. We used to shit over. Yeah, but what year did you play? Every, what year did? What year I did graduated you play in two thousand eight, but we scrimmaged them every year. Yeah, we played them in two thousand ten. Did they okay. have the running back who was like two forty? Uh. I don't remember them having a 240-pound running back. Yeah. I mean, if they did, he must have been like a sophomore at the time. He was massive. And I remember I went to go block him. Uh, I, I, no, I forget if I was a corner. I forget if I was a corner or a receiver when I was playing him. Whatever. Either I was going to get off a block versus him or I was going to block him, and he punched me in the rib, and I thought my rib cracked in half. Like, he was the strongest guy I've ever played against, and he was so freaking hard to tackle. Um, so, Dude, the worst I ever got laid out in the game was we were playing Perth Amboy, and – I was on a, I was on the kickoff team. I was running down the sideline, and this little kid, he must have been like 5'5", five, five or maybe even shorter. He was coming at me full speed. I didn't even see him coming, and he hit me because uh, he, he was low. You know, the low man wins in football because he's so short. Direct shot right in the side of the ribs, right on the sideline. Yeah, yeah. And, dude, knocked the wind straight out of me. It, it was hard to get up. And this dude was small. That was a hell of a hit, though. Yeah, I was a lead block. I remember being a lead blocker when I was playing running back this one game, and uh, I was running up the sideline trying to, you know, basically like arc block for my for my other running back because we had two running back sets and option and all that stuff. And uh, this little white safety who's probably like five six got under my pads. I didn't see him. He blindsided me. I did like a, I literally did a backflip and I just couldn't breathe for like the next two days. But um, continuing uh, continuing on, uh, I think Bell's gonna go under. I, I want him to go over. This is one I really teeter-tottered on. I think he'd be right around 1,000. Uh, obviously, all-purpose yards. I, I think he'll be way over that, to be completely honest. Because last year, a lot of people said he wasn't used a lot in a passing game. I think he had like 60 catches or something like that. So, 66. he was used. Yeah, 66, or 66 catches. Six tar- it, was six, it might have been 66 targets. But I, I the, heard Samini talking about it yesterday. To be devil's advocate here, if they take him out of the box and don't let him block for Darnold um, – that's a problem last year, even though you have Powell who could have done it as well. So, you know, with how bad the offensive line was last year, I'm not going crazy about how Bell was. I think, I think Gore's pass used. pro is pretty good too. It is. Yeah, it is. Um, so, moving mean, on. And, and by the way, that touchdown that Le'Veon caught in the scrimmage where it was the nice back shoulder over uh, mm-hmm. Bennett Jackson, Gore was in the, in the backfield on that play. Yeah, yeah, I saw that as well. Uh, what's his name? Had a really good pass block that, that play too. Uh, back then had a nice pass that. Yeah, for sure. So, um. Yeah. See, so the other guy, uh, Socrates Johnson, says that uh, some would have misconception. He was he wasn't fed the ball last year. He had a lot of touches. Yeah, it's 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 completely true. Listen, when you have bad offensive line, bad bad offense, um, Luke Falk starting at quarterback, it's gonna be hard to get Le'Veon Bell going. It just it just is what it is. Uh, it's it's why it's the most um in or uh, the most or the least valuable uh, position in football is running back because of that reason it's it's so dependent on the quarterback the the, the offensive flow the offensive line so um, and the way you got to think of Le'Veon is just like if you have good run blocking he's going to maximize that good run blocking he will hit the proper hole 
But if you yeah. don't have good run blocking, his skill set is really going to be a, a detriment because of how yeah, patient sure. he is waiting for something to open that just never does. Mm-hmm. Um, next one, Do- uh, Donald over or under 25.5 passing touchdowns. Mm. Uh, I'll say over. 25, over. So, yeah, so 26 touchdowns or more. Mark Sanchez yeah. had 26 passing touchdowns uh, in 2011, I think it was. And that which was Mark Sanchez's third year. Darnold will get 26 touchdown passes. Yes, I think. And as long as he doesn't get hurt. Yeah, that's games. that's yeah. He, yeah, I mean, because he did miss like three games each of the last two years. So, but I think mm-hmm. if he's healthy, he'll. If get he's it. not hurt, I, I think so too. I think he had 22 last year, right? He missed three games. He had so 19. Would, he had 19 last year, but he had a couple rushing oh, touchdowns. Okay. Yeah, so I would I would say over. Um, I bet the over at least on. I I think I don't know if it was DraftKings, but I bet the over. Let's just say on the on the passing touchdowns. So I know you're not a betting guy, but I I did that. Uh, Perryman over under 800.5 receiving yards. If he's healthy, he'll get over it. Yeah, another stipulation. I, I, I agree with that. If healthy, if he plays 16 games, I think he's going to go over that again. Um, I think you agree with me. I'm a lot higher on Perriman and what he actually offers on the field than a lot of people are uh, just because, I again, a lot of people don't watch the tape and they type in stats on Google. They see his stats on Google. Um, and, oh, he was productive the last five games. That means he's only good the, the last five games. I showed plays of him burning Dar- Darius Slay for what could have been a 90-yard touchdown. And he, wasn't, he wasn't hit because – uh, Winston didn't see him or overthrew him or whatever it may be. There's plenty of plays I put up of him uh, just getting completely missed, even if he was targeted. So, uh, and obviously with him being missed by a bad quarterback, he was the fourth option in, in the offense with, with OJ Howard, with Mike Evans, with Godwin. So that's why he shined more when he was one of the main targets of the offense when they went down. So um, way, he wasn't being like, force fed on, on uh, screen or anything like that. Can we just dispel a, a, a narrative right now? There is no way that the Jets were signing him and Robbie Anderson. That just wasn't going to happen. And let's just yeah. say this right now. His upside is, I would say, significantly higher than Robbie Anderson's. Let's just be honest. Upside, yeah. upside alone. Because you could – Robbie gives you nothing after the catch. Absolutely nothing. You can never run a screen with Robbie. You can never run an end around mm-hmm. with Robbie. You're not going to throw a slant to Robbie and expect him to break a tackle and then go He's 50 yards yak. upfield. Yeah, I mean, there's none of that. And no. Perriman is uh, – he, he's really physical too. I mean, like if you, if you can kind of get physical and get like Robbie with a good jam, like you can probably disrupt his whole route. But I think Perriman is strong enough that, you know, even if you do give him a, a, a kind of a solid jam, he can kind of still get on top of you. Um, and then as far as them going up and getting the ball – I would say it's pretty comparable. You know, Perriman showed that he's, you know, he, he does have a good ability to go up and high point the ball too. Which oh, is I'm definitely of, taking Perriman over, over Anderson in that, in that. Aspect. Yeah. I mean, Robbie, it, listen, people don't like to say, Oh, he's a one trick pony. Like I think, and all due respect to Glenn, I really like Glenn Naughton. I think Glenn was one of those people that said, Oh, Robbie's not a one trick pony. And by the way, Glenn, if you didn't say this, I apologize for putting words in your mouth. Robbie Anderson is a one-trick pony, and I really always liked Robbie Anderson from the jump. If you look at some of yeah. my old tweets, I really did. Mm-hmm. We were at training camp practice watching him as a UDFA, liking the kid. But he was only really good at one thing. It's just it. And that, and that good thing over the top 
like opened up some of the, uh, of the intermediate routes. Like he was not good at intermediate routes, but because guys were playing so far off and they, they would open their hips up so early that he would be afforded some room uh, on the comebacks, on the digs and things like that, that he, you know, he could catch, but he also alligator arm stuff. Uh, obviously he wasn't very strong. Uh, I still remember, I don't know what game it was, but he ran an end around and I was just like, why? Like, why, like, why run? He, he can't cut. They did one of those in the so Lions, high-waisted. Lions game, Donald's rookie year. I remember they did one of those. Yeah. A couple other games too. Yeah. Uh, and I see some people asking about some things too. I'll, I'll get to some of these, some of these, uh, these topics. So we'll keep, we'll continue to run through these uh, offensive line ranking over under 20.5. Um, this is a tough one to answer because I feel like if you don't really watch a lot of the offensive lines super close, it, you know, you're kind of, kind of like, you're kind of guessing a little bit. Um, but I would say, under and I have a lot of respect for Brandon Thorne and if you looked at his rankings he didn't have one lineman on the Jets ranking above a fourth tier which I thought was a little disappointing and and he's a Broncos fan so he's watched a lot of McGovern very closely Um, and I was surprised to see him ranking Connor McGovern in the fourth tier for centers he's a little salty (laughs) <laughs> Maybe he's a little salty left. I don't know. I don't agree with that at all. I, I don't. I'm, I, and I do the. Obviously, <clears throat> I'm not comparing myself to anybody. Uh, but from what I've seen from the film, I, fourth tier. I don't know what exactly where exactly you fall in the fourth tier. But I was I very surprised that. to see that. Very very surprised to see that. So we're, we're gonna chalk that up to saltiness. Um, <clears throat> I also have worse just because of like I said the pandemic all that stuff. If 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 it was a normal off season, I think it could be better than that. But just with everything factored in this year. Um, I just don't think it's going to happen. But I again, think those preseason games are very, very, very valuable for offensive line. And, yeah, and just and just extra snaps in in, in the summer. You know, uh, yeah. trying to force feed guys the offense and how to play with each other for two weeks before you go and play the Bills and the Niners is is concerning. It just it just is. So, but even if it goes from thirty first to twenty third, that's a huge step up from what oh, it was yeah. last year. Last year it was historically bad. Like it's the worst I've ever seen the Jets' offensive line. So. Um, yeah, I would agree with that. Exactly. So I, I think if they're 22, you know, you're, or 21, you're going up 10-ish spots, which would be fantastic. Will they even be there? I'm not sure. Uh, defensive breakout star. Quentin Williams. Same. Quentin Williams. It, and it's the guy that people ask me about. Uh, this is, this is going to be, again, more of a talking point show. I do hours and hours and hours of film. Anybody you want to see, you can pretty much, for the people who are listening to this now and who haven't really checked out the channel, you're just getting me from Jets Talk 24-7 the other day or whatever. Go to, go to Google, type in Blewett and a player's name, and a film review is most likely going to pop up with him. I did a two-plus-hour show on Quinn Williams, his technique, all that stuff, and uh, super impressed with him in college. Last year, again, I, I think he was a little bit overzealous with his hands. I, th- I think he started to lean into his hands. He wasn't trusting his eyes, where this year I just want to see him trust his eyes and attack a little bit more, and I think he will uh, make more of an impact. But we've seen plenty of guys um, – their first year at defensive tackle not make a big impact, whether it be Geno Atkins or Gerald McCoy. They all had really similar stats to uh, Quentin Williams. So I, I think he will take a big step up, and especially considering he's 21 years old coming into the league, you know. So he's a young, he's a young kid. Um, defensive rookie of the year, Kyle. Defensive rookie of the year. Um... I'll tie this in. I'll tie this into it. Somebody, somebody said Leon uh, Feeder. I think Feeder uh, says love blue it splits. Appreciate that. Uh, you weren't that high on Ashton Davis after the draft. He's getting rave reviews across the board. What are your impressions now deep into preseason? Um, this corresponds with this play, this player for me at least because I, I said defensive rookie of the year is him. Kind of 
he's kind of the only guy you could really pick, in, in my opinion, in this position, unless you think Zuniga is going to make a big impact. But I, I think for the Jets' front seven. What about Bryce Hall? Here, I, he's he's injured. He's still injured, so he's not even practicing yet. Like he's he's not even going to play the first game, most likely. He got you taken think, off the injured. You, uh, are they going to put him on the reserve designated for return? I have no idea. I have I have no idea. I think he will play this year, but I don't think he's going to make a big impact early into the year. Like maybe it's like a bless Austin type situation where you see him more midpoint to the end of the year. I, I think that's what's going to happen, especially coming back from the injury he had, which was a devastating injury for him so um i think he'll come back midpoint of the year so i don't think i think if he was healthy yeah it's him because i think he could be i think he if if healthy and he still plays like he was in college i think he's going to be a starting cornerback for the jets i really really like that pick as well but i think davis wins it kind of by default because there's no really other options again zuniga's in a really talented front seven so i don't think he's gonna get a ton of playing time hall is hurt um so who else could win it so he you know davis but and like uh leon is asking he did. He has impressed me so far. What I've been hearing again, I'm not there to look at exactly what's happening in camp. If, if he's reading things, if he's leveraging um, over top of route concepts like he wasn't doing in college um, as much as he should have. Is he staring into the quarterback's eyes? Is he make? is he getting interceptions because of athleticism or is he getting interceptions because of him reading the, the, the play, the route concepts, things like that anticipation, because um, Kyle, I know you watched that show. There was a lot of film there that showed athleticism, but not a lot of smarts upstairs. So um, yeah, by I think the way, we'll win it. And I'm impressed. So, I mean, your criticisms of him was strictly based on film. You weren't criticizing his coachability, right? I mean, because no, one, no. thi- one of the things that people praise about him coming out is he's a very coachable kid, very nice kid, kid that's dealt with adversity and handled it very well. You weren't criticizing any of that crap. So part of the thing that coaches like is he's very attentive to detail. He's very coachable. I like mm-hmm. coaching him. He's playing hard on the field. You never question how hard he's playing. You just question, does he have the instincts and does he have the actual ability? And here's the thing, too. Okay, so what's one reason you might not be knocking him during training camp? How many of these practices are live, right, where you're bringing guys to the ground? He's a shit tackler right now. I'm just being honest. He kind of is a shitty tackler. Okay, so he's not having to tackle people right now. So if it was a live practice where he had to bring some guys down and, you know, let's say he he tried to square up with a guy and just, you know, gave a, a dog shit tackle and missed him. Okay, then some coaches might get on his ass or whatever. Or maybe some beat reporters are saying, oh, Ashton Davis got trucked. But you're not seeing that because it's not live. So, you know, even though he's getting some rave reviews right now, come game time, you might start seeing some of the flaws in his game. But, hey, listen, the kid does have potential. There's no doubt yeah, about again, that. He is, he is very athletic, and he does play hard. So mm-hmm. you combine those two things, um, you know, he could develop into something nice. Yeah, I don't want to even pull up the film right now because I'm not sure if I can. Like, I got to figure out this YouTube live stuff. I don't want to screw it up and then lose the stream and everybody's booted out. I don't want to piss people off. But, again, another show I did, there's plenty of plays I put up there of, of him locked onto the quarterback, not leveraging over route concepts. Um, the play I just pulled up on my screen that I, I didn't share – um, remember that play at the end of the one or at the end of the review, Kyle, where one of the receivers is over the middle. He tips it up to himself. The ball is kind of behind him. He tips it up to himself. Ashton Davis goes for the interception. The receiver catches the ball because Ashton Davis was diving for the interception and not actually hitting the receiver before um, he went for the ball. Let's see. Actually, I'm gonna say we're gonna test it out. You know what? It's, yeah, it's a test run. Because I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna pull it up. Again, I'm not going to do too much film here, but just in terms of talking about his like his instincts and stuff like that. Um, and this is pretty simple that I'm gonna pull up. It's really not. I don't know if these people on YouTube Live can see this or not. I'm hoping they can. I, I can see it, that's for sure. 
let me see. Let me know in the chat if you guys can see this. Again, this is uh, I'm running through this for the first time, so I'm not too sure. So let me know if you can see this. But um, and again, I don't want to break down snap by snap what he's going to be doing. Uh, somebody put in. Okay, so this is the play I'm talking about. See him die for the ball right there, coming from deep. There's just some things that he. Okay, somebody says looking good. Okay, so they can see it. Again, there's there. I, I broke this all down, so I don't want to do a ton of it. But in situations like this, you got to take out the receiver first. Yeah, you know, that's a bad. That's a really things, bad play. Some, exactly. So you're you're diving for the interception. The receiver can still catch it, and now he, now he catches the ball for a first down. And I believe this was on. Okay, so this is third and seventeen. Listen, he hits them. They get off the field. Now it's, you know. Uh, first and first and 10 from the 20 yard line instead of him just making that play. So there's plays like that. Um, there's one more I want to pull up yeah, again. And Mar- I Marcus just... May is not making it. Marcus May is going to level that guy. I, so this is the thing. I don't, I'm not here to shit on anybody um, in terms of jets players, but if you're going to, if you're new to the show, if you're new to the film reviews that I do, I don't hold stuff back like this. So if you want to see the player that I actually see when I'm watching this stuff, well, I'm going to break down leverages and concepts and all that stuff for you guys. But I'm not going to say, oh, Davis is fast. I saw that Matt Miller, who I don't think knows a lot, likes him. I'm not, I'm not again, I'm not, pulling too, I'm not pulling a lot of points. I'm not going to say too much things on people, but there's guys like Matt Miller out there who I don't, I question a lot of their stuff. So um, I'm not going to just pull back, but let me, um, I'm trying to pull up another. I, I'm not going to pull up another. Matt, Mil- Matt Miller said that Josh Allen is, quote, so damn special. Why? <laughs> I'm just saying he said that pre-draft. Uh, I just remember yeah. that. Okay, this is the play I wanted to – I was not going to pull it up, but just because I found it quickly. Again, there's like 30-something plays, so I don't want to get too much lost into this stuff. But you remember this play, Kyle? If you're watching Ashton Davis on the right hash, the right hash right here. This is where he takes a really <laughs> bad angle. Oh, yeah, no, what is so, that? So there's a crack block coming in from the right side of the screen. So, I, you know, this is where I say, like, distracted by contact. If this running back, if this guy is blocked, I don't, I don't know what happened exactly with this offensive lineman. If he wasn't, he wasn't able to get leverage or whatever it was, um, which he was not. Ninety-three did a good job scraping down the line of scrimmage. But if this if this defensive lineman didn't make this play, this is a 80, 70 yard touchdown because Ashton Davis just got distracted by a crack block and dropped his shoulder into that when he should be filling on that hash. Hey, so I don't know what the hell he's doing here. Do you remember? I mean, Jamal Adams is really good in the run game, but do you remember when they played the Vikings and? Uh, hmm. I forget that running back's name. He only played like a year or two with the Vikings. He used to be with the Ravens or the Raiders, excuse me. And he had a pretty oh, long Tavius rushing Murray? touchdown. Yeah. yeah. Didn't Jamal Adams make a stupid play like that? Like what Ashton Davis just did on that yeah. long touchdown run? Try to, try to lay the hit, yeah. Like, well, no, that could have been a touchdown run, yeah. Like, okay, I understand making contact with a guy when you're a force player in the box, but out in the open like that, that's just dumb. <laughs> so... It's funny too. Uh, somebody, Steven, again, I'm not here to pull too many punches, but defense top 12, I could see that prediction. Uh, we'll, we will talk about that. The entire offense will be middle of the pack this year. That's, that's a high expectation. I don't think the offense will be middle of the pack this year. I, I yeah, think, they just don't have enough I think firepower. They don't have enough. That plus the injuries, plus the new offensive line, the schedule they're going against, I don't, I don't see that. Um, optimistic, I love, you know, I love the optimism, but I, again, I don't, I don't see it. Um, the most disappointing player on defense. Again, let's uh, let's do this like a little bit lightning round, Kyle. Okay, uh, most disappointing defensive player. Let me pull up my list just so it'll help me a little bit. Um, 
most disappointing defensive player. Uh, oh, did you see that I said superlatives and then you made your own list? <laughs> no, no, no. I, you asked me to make a 53 roster prediction, so I wrote down um, oh, all the names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We got to um, run through that too. Uh, Blake Cashman? I mean, people envision I, – I saw Connor Hughes tweet out, oh, they like Cashman. Cashman is good. No, he's not. I don't think he's good. So, I'll uh, always uh, remember. That's like one of the things I'll always remember about the stats guys. Uh, I'm like I said, I, oh, I yeah. watch most of the <laughs> he shows. He never missed a tackle his senior year. The first thing I heard, everybody on Twitter, he'd never missed a tackle. The first play I watched, he missed a tackle. I was like, what is <sighs> that analytic website better be they should just be forced to file for bankruptcy. <laughs> the analytics. Website. Yeah, I don't get it. And it wasn't like a tackle, like, oh, he had to fill here and he didn't. It was like a legitimate missed tackle. Like he actually got hands on the guy and missed. So I don't I don't get it. Um, cheese boys ask, and I'll, I'll, I'll ask you this. I'll throw this to you quickly. Um, why is Josh Allen quarterback so overhyped and overrated? I, I, uh, me quickly. You I, said I it in the last he's on a playoff team. He's a, he's, a, he, he runs, he's on a playoff team. Um, he's on a really good team that with, I think with any quarterback, they would pretty much make it. He's like, he's not Mark Sanchez, but he fits in that Mark Sanchez role. He's not that good of a quarterback, but he's being carried by a really good team. Um, good coaching and he's exciting. You know, he could break he could break an eighty yard run because of his legs. He could he could truck over a guy. So I think for the people who are casual football fans, they see that. Yeah, and even but his rookie year, like he film, went... Kyle. Oh, sorry, what you're watching that gore film, dude. Some of the plays I could have put up, put up of him just throwing shit off of his back foot into double coverage was like terrible. And then it was like, oh, penalty, he got saved. Like he was not good last year for the Bills. I don't I don't care what anybody says. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. I listen, I. If you go back to my Twitter, I got pictures of me on draft day wearing a shirt that says, don't draft Josh Allen. I was messaging the damn Jets Twitter account every day saying, don't draft Josh Allen. <laughs> yeah. I fucking hate Josh Allen. My brother betted me yesterday because he's a Bills fan and he's fucking cocky as shit. And he's he like, yeah. he's like, I'll bet you, I'll bet you that the Bills beat the Jets by two scores. And I was like, you know, I don't think, I, I think the Bills are going to win week one. I hope they won't. And I'm like cautiously optimistic that we can win. But I don't think the Bills are going to win by two scores. And the reason why is they have a really good defense. They're very well coached. Josh Allen blows. I said it. And, yeah, I mean, yeah. like, he does – like, people are going to totally misconstrue this because I don't mean that. Like, he has a little bit mm -hmm. of that thing in him that can make a quarterback elite. And what I'm saying is the ability to improv, right? When shit breaks down, Russell Wilson creates shit. When shit breaks down – Patrick Mahomes creates shit. And it's like Aaron Rodgers, same thing. It's like sometimes, you know, the, uh, a play is designed in structure to kind of give you something, but it's like you got to make something mm -hmm. happen on your own. Josh Allen can kind of do that. He had like a, he had like a really nice play against the Patriots on a, in a primetime game where he kind of ad-libbed and made like a nice throw out of the pocket, squeezed it in, in between two defenders. His rookie year, he, he hurdled Anthony Barr in Minnesota. I mean – like, he's got that size and stuff, but if you just watch his tape consistently, poor mechanics, bad footwork. Even though he's got this strong arm, he's a terrible deep ball thrower because he's got no touch on the ball. He's just not a good quarterback, you know, from a snap-to-snap -snap basis. He'll give you some highlights, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, no, it's he's he's not very good. Again, um, I see the questions, so I'll run, run through some of those. Uh, I, I did the sear. Somebody said the, one of the corners. I agree with that. I thought, about, I thought about him too, but I didn't. I, I think yeah. he's yeah, he's 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 hyped up like he could be number one. I, again, he gives me those 2017 Morris Claiborne vibes, where he's not the necessarily the fastest, smooth hips, um, long arms, can press when he's asked to do it, but he, he's too consistently uh, plays in that sh- uh, sh- uh, soft shoe technique where he doesn't get a shuffle and he doesn't get his hands on. Um, I think he could be an okay number two at best, but that's that's all you're getting out of him. So I think he's going to disappoint, and plus he's battling some injuries right now. Um, the best player on defense, I, I said McClendon. Listen, I know he's not a run style, and this, this, this could be Quinn and Williams, but the best player, I honestly had a, a tough time between McClendon, Fado Kassi, and Quinn and Williams. And, and Marks may maybe a little bit, but McClendon's such a savage that people don't see all the time. He is such a good run defender that I think just based on what he's asked to do, I think McClendon's the best defensive player this year. I'll say Quinnen, best defensive player this year. But okay. I, 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 love, uh, I love McClendon, too. Defensive assistant uh, coach of the year. I said Andre uh, Carter, defensive line coach. He's developing some guys. That's basically my reasoning. But I could pick Greg Williams, though, can I? I don't have to pick a positional coach. I could pick an assistant as sure, an defensive coordinator. Oh, yeah, Greg Williams. Okay, that's fine. Uh, D- DVOA for the defense, over or under 12.5? Um, hmm. Losing Jamal Adams, mm, I'll say under. I think under too. Just for again, losing Jamal Adams, Mosley's uh, not yeah. not here. And a lot of people say, oh well, you know they added some guys, and you know uh, they have Williamson back, which I agree with. The the defensive line is going to take steps in the right direction. Shepard's going to continue to get better. Fadakasi, uh, Quinn Williams are all taking steps up in the right direction. You added Zuniga, so you have some guys. You added Ashton Davis. You have McDougald, but. Now they're playing, you know, better teams. Let's, let's be completely frank. Last year they were playing teams like the Bengals. Seahawks, the really good without, offense. Yeah, the, the, the Steelers without Big Ben. So I, I think they're going to be under that. I don't think they're too far under that, but I do think they'll be worse than that. Uh, special teams best player? Mm, Braden Mann. I said Ashton Davis. I, I think he's a good guy for special teams. I like, don't think a lot. Go blow, go blow up a play. Um, I, I think it'll be him with his speed. But Braden Mann is the – I have the – I still have this shirt. I don't know. I, I was wearing this the other night. I don't know if you could see this. I uh, yeah, I can see it. I can see it. <laughs> Get to X Factor if you want that. Uh, maybe I'll maybe I'll give that away. But not 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 my not my used shirt. Um, uh, special teams most disappointing. I said whoever the kicker is, it's going to be Ficken. This is one thing I'm going to I, I want to address a little bit. In the, well, we can do it now. I don't get Joe Douglas's. Uh, like kick, kicker philosophy. There's plenty of guys out there right now who I think should be brought in at least for workouts. Like even if they don't, even if they don't prove to be better than Ficken, which I think I have a hard time imagining. You have Hauschka, who like in a down year last year kicked like above 85. percent You have Goskowski out there who I know he didn't kick a lot last year. He had some injuries or whatever it was, but his career percentage is like high 80s. Um, there's another guy out there uh, who was signed to the Jets and try uh, come or have try out. And then you have Ficken, who kicks seventy point four percent. So I don't, I don't get the kicker thing. I, I don't know what, what, what's with it. Yeah, me neither, man. And Goskowski's hit some really, really, really big time kicks to win games. Yeah, yeah. Whereas exactly. Fick, so, whereas Ficken, didn't he choke in some big time situations last year? I'm sure. I, I'm sure we can go back. He he made he only made seven out of ten field goals. So I'm probably, there's plenty of and the people who say kicker That's don't it? matter. Seven out of ten. That's it. No, I'm saying seven out of ten, like oh yeah, yeah okay, like seventy percent, you know. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, listen, if the Jets, if the Jets had a better kicker last year, Vedvik makes that kick or whatever during the Bills game. Oh, I think God. he missed just one. one. one he just goal. needed to make one. He missed. He missed at least two easy kicks. 
I think he did. He missed two and a he missed, and an, he missed extra an extra point, or wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I think I, I'm saying like one of the kicks was like okay, it's reasonable to miss that kick, but I think he missed three kicks overall, and two of them were like layups. One of them was an extra yeah. point. Um, moving on. Uh, special teams DVOA over under five point five. I know they were like five last year, right around five. Um. I, this is hard to kind of like. This is hard to evaluate. Very, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say worse because of the kicker. If the, if that factors into, it, I'm saying because of the kicker, it's gonna be a shit situation. I'm gonna be under. Yeah, I also don't know if that factors into it, but I would say that too. Yeah. And plus, okay. man is a rookie too, so. Yeah, exactly. Um, most effective cornerback. I think we're both gonna agree with this one. Most effective cornerback. cornerback. Uh, Brian Brian Poole. Yep, for sure. That's what, that's what I said too. I think Austin's taking steps in the right direction, but again, this is another guy who I think is a little bit overhyped by fans. I think he had a decent mid, mid part of the season, and for what he was, what a sixth, seventh round pick who was injured, he came in and impressed the hell out of me. To be completely honest, but to think he's gonna be like a lockdown number two or number one corner right now, I, I think is you're, you're hyping him up way too much, um, in my opinion. I think he can develop into that. I, I like his his makeup. I like his mindset. I like his physicality at the line. I like how strong he is. I like that stuff, but. He's a second-year player who didn't get a lot of snaps throughout the year, uh, so he has to develop some. So, yeah. um, playoffs. So did the Jets? Did the Jets make the playoffs? No, no. I said the same thing. Is Gates back in 2021? This is a question that people have asked. And again, I see your questions in the chat. Uh, I, I'm going. I'm going to like lightning around those questions. We're going to go through them really, really quickly. Um, is Gates back in 2021? I would say no. I said yeah. <sighs> it's the. This is a conversation I don't want to get into because it's such a long one. Ideally, Gase is back. The Jets play well. Darnold doesn't have to learn a new, you know, his his fourth system or third system in four years. And now you're going into the territory if he gets fired. You have a new coordinator. I mean, you have a new coordinator. You have new coaches for everybody, pretty much. You have ideally he gets Lincoln Riley. <laughs> well. My problem is with the Jets getting a new coach, obviously the Jets aren't ready to win under Darnold's contract, so they really wasted that. There's not a lot of teams who win after uh, that second year con- or that second uh, deal is signed, so I'm really concerned about that. And now Darnold's going to have to learn third system in four years. Uh, it's, it is concerning for sure. Um, but I don't think – I said yes just because like that's – I don't know why necessarily. I think they will win some games. But I also don't think that Gase is tied to the hip – uh, with uh, with Douglas, like some people, he hired he Douglas. Douglas didn't hire him. Ex- exactly. And, and, who's, and in the, who's in the better graces of the organization right now? Douglas. And who has a longer contract? <laughs> Douglas. Listen, and like they 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 pass each other in Chicago. They were there for a year together. But listen, I know Kyle really well. Kyle's one of my f- good friends. But if I'm making a twenty million dollar contract, whatever whatever Douglas is making, and Kyle's my head coach, and Kyle sucked. Sorry, Kyle. You're, you're fired, bro. Like, you know, it, it is what it is. I, I'm sure Douglas is smart enough to know that if he's not pr- uh, producing as a coach, he's going to get fired. And if he's that dumb to keep him on, then that's – I I, just don't, I don't think that's going to be the case. But uh, I'm hoping he's fired. I, I hope he has autonomy to make the freaking decision. That's the question with the ownership, yeah. I, I, the Jets' ownership needs to change. Uh, biggest blowout win for the Jets in 2020? Mm, can I look at can, – can I pull up the schedule? This is what we're going to do. I, we did this too for the website. I'm going to do this with you again, lightning round. I don't want any reasons of why, or maybe like a sentence. Uh, we're going to do a schedule real quick at the bills. Oh, we are. So we're doing this right now. Go ahead. I'm doing it right now. Uh, it takes two uh, minutes. Fuck. I, I hate to say this, but I'll say the bills. <laughs> okay. Bill. I hate uh, the bills. Versus the 49ers. Uh, 49ers. Uh, so wait, where, where, aren't you saying this too? 
Oh, Aren't sorry. You... I, I said for the Bills. I, I already did this. The Bills is a loss for me, too. Okay. The Niners is a loss for me as well. Okay. Yeah. I think they're going to beat um, the Colts. At the Colts, I agree. Okay. Broncos. Home. I think I have fucking Drew Locke. I think he sucks. I think they'll beat the Broncos. Uh, I have the same thing. Okay. Cardinals, home. I think they're going to win that, too. I said an L. I And somebody brought that up in the chat, too. I forget who it was. Um, that the Cardinals have a good defensive front, too. Like, you have Chandler Jones, who I think is the best rusher in the NFL he's, right now. He's really good. <laughs> but but who um, else do they have on that D-line? I don't know, but they have Chandler Jones. <laughs> yeah, they do. But, okay, fucking keep, um, a, keep a running back in to help Beckton every play. But the thing about Chandler is he can go on both sides, too. He could do anything. He could play interior, too. He's a monster. Um, at Chargers. By that point, Herbert might be playing, and he sucks. They'll win Tyrod that game. sucked the last time we played him too. I, I said oh, he, was, too. he was really bad in that game. Thursday night um, football. Home against the Buffalo Bills. Damn, I got them on a winning streak right now. And they can't really lose to the Bills twice, can they? Josh Allen? I said I'll I say said a win. They're lose. I said okay. they're gonna I, I said they're gonna lose, unfortunately. I was being honest. Uh at Kansas City, I'm not gonna ask that's an L, let's be honest. Yeah, um, they'll get blown home out. against the Pats. They'll lose. Home against the Pats, okay. Uh, at the Dolphins. Uh, what did you say against the Pats? I said W. I gave him a W against the Pats. Okay. Uh, in Miami, they'll lose. And then bye weekend at, in MetLife, they're going to win? Yeah. Okay, I said the same thing. Raiders. I think Derek Carr kind of sucks, too. Me, too. I like their offensive line, though. And I think that Mayock's done a pretty good job there. And it's in – it's in the Jets are good against the Raiders at home, not good in Oakland, but they are home, so I'll go with a win there. Man, I got them as a pretty good record right now. Man. Wow. Uh, at Seahawks, L. Yeah, definitely. If they, there's they one suck, game – The Jets suck If there's Seattle. one game – if there's one game I want the Jets to win, this is my this is my playoffs. I want them to beat Jamal Adams so damn bad. Um, at the Rams, L- loss. I said a win. I don't think the Rams are very good, and I think Jared Goff is is largely overrated. Um, they're, home they're against not the Browns. Good. You know, actually, after looking at the schedule, I'm a little bit more optimistic as to how they can perform this year. <laughs> there you go. Uh, home against the Browns. Yeah, what happened to Baker last year, man? I I really liked him his rookie year, and I really liked his college tape. I don't know. Um, I didn't watch the film. You know, truthfully, I think they – and I, I don't know much about Stefanski either. They could win this game, but I got them as too good of a record right now, so I'll say a loss. Uh, at Patriots, last game of the year. Loss. I said a loss to the Browns, by the way. I just think the Browns, I think they were they were coached poorly last year, and I think that they uh, – they're talent on that roster. They have talent freaking everywhere. Yeah, and uh, I know you hate Miles Garrett, but he's really good. Yeah, he's good. The defense is good. The weapons are good. You know, Austin Hooper coming in. Is Sean Richardson still there? I, uh, I think so. Um, so I have him at seven and nine. Let's see. Let's. What do you have him at? Uh, you have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven wins. Is that what we have? Um, let me see. Wow, you have them winning week three, four, five, I had six, winning and streak. seven, and then have them losing pretty much the rest of the season, minus the the Dolphins and Raiders. So you have them at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. You have them at seven, nine. So do I have them at seven and nine too. Um, so with that being said, the biggest blowout when I have them uh, having is the Dolphins uh, and at home after they lost him in Miami or 
vice versa, whatever it is. I think they play them first in Miami, then the bye week, then Jets. And then the biggest blowout loss is the Chiefs. That's fair. Um, um, biggest blowout win for me, um, I'd say against the Colts. Really? Okay. Yeah, who do the Colts really have, man? Uh, On their defense, they got Leonard. But like, who else really? You know, yeah, Cook, they never really lived it's up really, to hype. It's their offensive line that's just really, really good for that team. And Hilton's consistently hurt, so I think they're a little bit overrated too. But they're like, their their offensive fronts are so good in terms of their their offensive line. Um, I think it's, I think it's a pretty good fit with Rivers because you know he's such a statue. He needs back an offensive there. line. Yeah, he sucks though too. I you know I I don't know his why arm, they wouldn't look in. His arm is washed at this point, but yeah, the dude is a super competitive, and you know. He throws with anticipation, processes quick. But, yeah, he didn't have the arm anymore. Dr. Koss Assassin, whatever the hell your name is, it's a weird spell. Do you think, think Adam Gates will be here next year where he answered um, that, uh, let's see, be, somebody said Quincy Wilson is only good at man coverage is a huge lie, isn't it? Because Quincy Wilson is not particularly good at man coverage. Uh, I did a review of him again if you want to go back and watch. I think he's a guy who – He's fine in cover play. too. Yeah, cover two, uh, press man versus press man versus like tight ends. I'm comfortable with him because he's not necessarily the most fluid athlete, but he's strong. His technique is a little bit lacking at the line of scrimmage, where he will open his open his gate, open his hips up a little bit too soon. Um, but with tight ends, he can recover. Uh, so I like him getting physical versus tight ends. He's he's kind of interesting. Like he's a he's like more of like a he's like a cover two cloud corner, but like a safety as well, where he can play in hook zones. He can play the curl to flat. Um, he's, he's, he's kind of versatile, which is, he's an interesting player and he's super involved in the run game. So I, I do like that. I feel um, like if he, he's a player that really gets coached up well, he could actually, and, and stays healthy, he could actually turn into a pretty good player. He, he's like six, six, one, six, two, two, ten. He has the physical capabilities. Again, speed is not the most important thing at every position. It's just not. So there's plenty of guys. Richard Sherman's a good example of not the most speediest guy. Even Revis was the most speediest guy who was a really good corner. Obviously there's plenty of guys out there who aren't the most speedy. Um, Adam says, who is the most valuable player on the Jets right now? I, I think everybody's a single por- uh, person here. And in the chat would agree, it's Sam Darnold as of right now. Yeah, um, no doubt. Let's see what else, what else we got in here before. Left tackle is always the most valuable player. It's not necessarily true if the left tackle is bad. It's, the most, it's one of the most important positions, but what about the quarterback? <laughs> quarterback um, is definitely the most important. It's not even close. I'm trying to see if there's anything in here that I'm, that I'm seeing. It's a, more of a good question. Bless Austin looks like a cover three corner. Uh, I, I haven't seen him play like enough to like really judge that. Last year I tapped out at a certain point in the year where I'm not going to do that again this year because the Jets suck. But cover three off, yeah, I'm sure I'm fine with that. But cover three press where he has to flip and run with guys, not the most comfortable. But I think in an off situation where he could leverage himself and, and stack routes, I'm fine with that. I don't want him pressing in cover three, though, like how the, uh, how the Seahawks used to do. Um, how do you think? Joe, how do you think about Lincoln Riley here? Uh, Kyle talked about it. Kyle wants Lincoln Riley here. He's one of the most highly uh, sought after college coaches, but I don't think he's got, I don't know if I would leave a cushy job like he has. To come uh, to the Jets. No, it doesn't make sense for him to leave at all. And he's shown no indications that he really wants to. And supposedly there's a rumor that if he were to leave, it would only be for the Dallas job. And now they just gave that to McCarthy. So I don't even think he'd want to come to the Jets, even if he did have aspirations to leave for the NFL. I mean, truthfully, the way college is right now, you could just make, just as good of money there so and with yeah, more job um, security become a legend there you're you're totally 100 percent like responsible for like all the players that you get in and they can fit your system whereas at the nfl you gotta make sure that you can work with a gm and 
whether or not you're going to have a good relationship. Anyway, sorry, this is not fast fire. So no, 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 it's okay. It's okay. We're, we're, we're running through it. Uh, biggest blowout week, week one at the, at bills. Sure. If that's what you think, uh, K Delgado, it looks like, um, let's see. Drew Locke is a stud. Same guys to that. I don't agree with that. I, I haven't, I didn't see a lot in those games to be completely honest. Miami is easy. What else we got in here? Kyle. Why would someone, okay. If you say Drew Locke's a stud, Okay, you heard me saying that he wasn't. Like, give, provide evidence that he is. <laughs> no, we will. I'm telling you on this show, though, we're going to ask you for evidence. I, I want people to back up. I did, say him make, he, I did see him make a really nice throw in his debut. I think it might have been against the Texans. He fit a ball in between two defenders in the end zone. It was a really nice throw. Wilson could be a zone guy. I, I, think, I think Wilson press, press zone, like, like Kyle said, with cover two. Uh, I'm good with that. And a lot of people think that cover two press, like playing that curl to flat is for the guys who are not athletic, but you have to have really good explosion to play from the line of scrimmage to that 15 to 20 yards back. If you're covering up for the, for the corner, if there's deep uh, developing concepts, like if you, if they're running like a flood concept and let's say the, uh, the, the deep corner or not the deep corner, the deep safety, the, the deep half has to pick up. Um, obviously the deep corner route and then the corner kind of is stuck on an island between um, that out and the flat or the bench route, whatever it may be. Um, you have to have really good explosion to, to play that intermediate to, to, to uh, the shallow or shallow to intermediate. So it's not necessarily just for guys who are unathletic, but him getting his hands on, I like that him rerouting guys. I like that um, zone over the middle, like hook hook zones. I'm okay with that. Uh, I don't think he has the best like mental processing and things like that. So he might get beat over his head a little bit there behind him on uh, let's say a drive concept, you know, whether it be the, the dig under or uh, over the top, whatever it may be. I don't think he's necessarily the uh, the fastest processor, but he's physical enough to get involved in the run game. So he's he's kind of he's kind of weird. Like I said, cover two guy, hook zone in the middle, uh, press on tight ends, man on man on running back. So he's like a safety corner hybrid. He's not necessarily like a like a deep corner or anything like that. He's in a turn around with guys. Um, two tight end sets this year with uh, crippled wide receiver core. What do you think about that? That's what uh, Byron asked. I mean, truthfully, the NFL has been running a lot more 12 personnel as of lately. It always goes um, back and forth. You know, uh, if you look at the NFL four, five, six years ago, it was a lot of 11 personnel, which Gase is really a big, heavy 11 personnel coach. Yeah. Um, but in the past two, three years, it's been a lot more 12 personnel. The year the Eagles won, won the Super Bowl was really 12 personnel that kind of saved their season. So, you know, you got Herndon, who you definitely want to see a lot. And then you got Wesco, who's apparently impressed a lot at camp. Looks like a different player. And then Griffin, you know, he he's kind of he's a reliable player. Um, yeah, kind of a shitty blocker, but you know, whatever. I mean, I guess he's he smart. did better. He did better. Are you talking about Griffin? Yeah, I, don't, I think he's a pretty crappy oh, okay, blocker, okay. to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, other than that, let's see what else is it. What else is in here? Uh, Wilson, two, listen, like I said, uh, I still think it's gonna be heavy 11 personnel. So I see somebody else asking that, like our bets on the heaviest used personnel. I think it's still going to be 11 because that's what Gase has run his entire career. So he is an, a heavy 11 personnel guy. Uh, a lot of trip sets too, with, with the 11 personnel, he likes to run ISO on the backside. Um, so I'm hoping like a guy like Mims could, could take yeah, that spot that, and be that true backside number one. Yeah, so and I, cause I think and Perryman too is more developed with his route running. So you want him being the Z, be more involved with concepts and things like that. So he'll be on the trip side. I think Mims will be that ISO receiver on the backside. But I like um, that with Perryman, you could put him there too. You could, yeah. yeah I, you definitely have the flexibility to do that for sure. You but, wouldn't uh, want to do that I with Robbie they, Anderson, though. I think they will run more twelve personnel um, than they did last year because they have Griffin, they have Wesco. It's just not going to be the the 
overemphasized uh, personnel. Yeah, you won't you won't see be. it more than eleven. Definitely not. No, no, definitely not. Other than that, uh, offcuts. Would we rather have John Ross, Samuel, or Sanu? Who is Samuel? Curtis Samuel. Curtis Samuel? I don't think he's getting cut. If he yeah, is, think- great, grab him. Sanu. We're gonna get to that. So he he was cut by the Patriots. I don't know. I didn't watch him last year. For His them route running is really, really good, but I don't. If they cut him, that's not a good sign. Yeah, and I, I don't quite get why they cut him. They gave up like what a second round pick to get him. I forget um, honestly. Uh, Delgado said Drew Locke isn't actually said it was tongue and cheek. Okay. Okay. Um. um wait. So we were talking about Sanu, and then the other one. Who's the other? Pre- John Ross. Yeah. See, I don't think we need a player like John Ross though, because. Perriman and Mims both got really, really, really good deep speed. So I don't think we yeah. need to stretch the field type of guy. Mm. Uh, I, I am more intrigued by Sanu. And Gase is pretty good with trick plays. I like Gase's trick plays. So you put Sanu in, Sanu could be that guy. You give him an end around who can throw a pass. He's got, he is really good at, and by the way, Sanu played football in New Jersey, and I saw him play in high school. He was a quarterback. Um, so I, I kind of like the idea of having him on that team just for that reason. I kind of don't know why things don't, didn't work out in new England. It, it is harder for receivers to adapt in new England. Chad Johnson had a really tough time in new England. Remember how bad he oh, yeah, was yeah. when he went there. Um, even Eric Decker too. He said he was really struggling when he went up to new England to try to learn that system. Um, so, so it's, it's somebody kind of asked, uh, oh, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. I'm just trying – I don't know why things didn't really work out for, for Sanu there. Um, somebody said thoughts on Herndon's blocking TJ Decker. I think it's okay. Um, somebody said he's 31 and forgets Sanu. I don't think your every piece you bring in has to be a long-term piece. I think helping Darnold this year on a one-year contract is, is something that I'm interested in doing. Uh, for the defense, I don't necessarily want to bring in old guys. I want to roll that cap over um, into next year. But helping Darnold is important. So if Sanu could be that fourth, fifth guy instead of Jeff Smith or – Dante Moncrief, I'm, I'm fine with Chesson. that. Yeah, I don't know who some of the guys are. Uh, Curtis Samuel can actually can get cut. Yeah, he can get cut. I don't think he will. Uh, no injury. Okay, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so nothing else really. Again, you can call in um, if you want. Again, we, we have 75 people in here. So for the first show, I'm happy with 75 people. Again, if you do want to call in and discuss a topic for a couple minutes, uh, 818-573-5427. But – Moving on from that, some quick topics, then we'll get into – oh, yeah, by the way, uh, for the people who are in here, if you do listen to the show, um, pick them. Uh, I'm going to do a weekly thing where every single week of the season, I'm going to be breaking down films like you saw with the Ashton Davis stuff. Obviously, I get it more in depth than I did the Davis thing. That was really quick. But uh, I'm going to be doing a breakdown of every single game, whether it be 30 to 50 plays. At the end of that game, I will be doing a like a pick them where I'm going to pick like five, six games of that uh, – of that week. And then if you beat myself and Marcus, uh, I'm going to send you two free shirts and a free year subscription to JetX. So it's like, you know, $90 value, whatever you hear on the, on the commercials. And, it, and it's gonna be fun. So I want to talk some shit against you guys and uh, be in the pick them league. So if anybody wants to join, let me know. Uh, but moving on to the other topics before we get into the 53 man roster, which we'll do quickly too. Uh, some of the news uh, I wanted to ask you about Adams, but I really, I really don't anymore just because it, it's kind of a, it, people have talked about it a ton. I'm sure going to agree with me. He was a baby. They need to get rid of him. They got all, awesome trade compensation for him. I'm pretty much that's, that's, that's going to be your opinion, right, Kyle? Yeah. We talked about him being a baby. And I said that even before they traded him. Um, 
Yeah, they they did really, they really did. That's pretty much They're it. Good compensation. Yeah, they, they they needed to trade him. Steven said somebody called. And now you don't have to, and now you don't have to pay him all that money. Exactly. Somebody call in. I want to hear Joe rip how little knowledge you have compared to him. <laughs> That's not what's gonna happen. Maybe. Um. So other than that, uh, Hogan. What do you think about the Hogan signing? What do you think about his? I really, 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 I really, 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 really like that signing. I'm a really? fan of Chris okay. Hogan. Yeah, yeah. I watched okay. a lot of Chris Hogan when he was with the Patriots. Uh, dude, yeah. he's a really good blocker. He's a re- and that's something that you didn't highlight in your show, which understandably so. He's a minor piece to this Jets team at, at 32 years old or whatever he is. People get mad at me for highlighting wide receiver blocking. I usually do it, but I just wanted to keep that show really short. So I didn't want to do a 20-play a, a review of, of Hogan and have blocking in it. <laughs> dude, he's kind of like that reliable dude that, you know, you know so first of all, you know, he's not going to be a problem in the locker room. Right. He's not one of these guys who's kind of like a malcontent, like thinking like, oh, I've done a lot of shit in this league and I'm coming in here with my chest out. And I think I'm better than everyone. No, he's not that type of dude. Um, so he's a good run blocker, yeah. uh, solid hands. I don't know what his 40 time is, whatever. I don't even think he had a combine invite, but the dude, I mean, maybe not so much at this point in his career. He had a lot of long touchdowns in New England. Like, you know, he was stacking dudes and getting deep. And, you know, one year in New England, he was averaging 20 something yards a catch. A lot of deep touchdowns, um, and I don't think that that's necessarily going to be a big part of his game here, but he has that in his game too. But he can also, you know, you put him on like a choice route or whatever, you know, you ask him to run a snag route. He can kind of run whatever you ask him really and do it kind of effectively. I think he's going to be yeah, a nice Gates. little safety blanket for, uh, for Darnold. And he has, and if I'm not mistaken, actually, no, I don't, I don't. He was in Buffalo already by the time that Gase came to Miami, so I don't think he's got familiarity in Gase's system. Um, yeah, Gase really likes those, uh, those jerk routes too. He did a lot with Crowder. So I'm assuming that Hogan can do some of that too, but uh, he can't, yeah, he can. Um, Edelman ran most of that shit in new England, but he, yeah. but he can run that stuff. And I'm not even not like, again, this is from the film breakdown. I don't want to do too much of it. I'm just kind of trying to highlight that he did beat Jane and Ramsey here in 2018 when he actually played. So, uh, He's, I like his route running, obviously. I think he has pretty reliable hands. His catch radius isn't the biggest. His deep speed isn't the biggest. Um, he, his, so he has a pretty short catch radius where he's going to have to, going to have to pretty much hit him right in the chest. Um, but his route running is good. Uh, that whip route I got into a lot on that show, like just how he ran that whip route, like having the knowledge of cutting it short. So when he did cut backwards, the guy wasn't going to be impeding him from cutting backwards. So his body wasn't there. Like he has really good understanding of, of routes where if he were to take that a little bit more deep, like I showed in that film review and try to cut back, obviously you have to work through a body. So he did a really good job of getting the guy to chase him over the top uh, to get him to that angle. I just hit my mic. Um, and then he does a good job. Um, obviously sinking his hips, turning his instep. And I, I get into insteps all the time because it seems like people don't understand the instep thing, uh, but works off that insteps and, and, and gets back really quickly. So I really like, I, I like the sign too more after watching his route running. So I think he is a solid number four or five guy. I, I don't think he's going to be number one. Well, maybe for the Jets this year, depending on injuries, but I think it's a solid signing. Um, what do they, what and what do they the pay? The, the, vet, the vet minimum? I, mean, uh, I don't some, know. Something, something. like that, right? Uh, what do you think about the, the wide receiver position in, in total? Uh, the Moncrief signing, uh, should they bring in somebody, you know, the Juju trade, the Allen Robinson thing? What do you, what do you kind of think about? I would, I would love Allen Robinson. I, I, I would love Allen Robinson. The, the problem is, is adding someone at this point because, yeah. I mean, I know they traded for Braylon Edwards like, what, two weeks into the season or whatever in 2009, and Braylon picked up the offense decently fast and was a good piece for the two years that, that he was with the Jets. But, it's yeah. never easy, and you're never going to maximize that guy's potential. So I kind of wish that if that's something they were going to do, they already pursued that months ago. Um, 
But shoot, I mean, if you can get Allen Robinson for, you know, a second or a third, I'd strongly consider that. I, I really like that. But, but you'd have to re-sign him, though. You'd have to give him a contract. That's, that's the thing. Because he's, he's like, what, he's 26 years old, but he's a, he, he is, he's a really, I think, he's, a top 10, top 15 receiver. I think he's a top 10 receiver, honestly. If you look at his film, he just plays in Chicago with Mitch Trubisky. So if they, if they were and Christian shit Hackenberg him, in college. Listen, if they if they offered us right now a second round pick, Allen Robinson and Allen Robinson signs a four or five year extension with the Jets, I would do it. Um, I think he's a stud. A lot of people talk about Juju. Uh, Juju, I'll be fine with him signing in free agency, but one, I don't think the Steelers are going to try to trade him. They're they're on their last leg right now. They're going to go for it all. I think um, this year, maybe next year. So they don't want to trade assets uh, that might help them win. And yeah. two. He's good, but he's not he's not Allen Robinson good. Like no. Allen Robinson is an absolute stud and uh what is it called? He struggled a lot with without Antonio Brown Bell there. Like he struggled a lot last year. Uh, I know that Big Ben was out, but he's 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 a solid receiver. He's not a stud wide receiver like Allen yeah, Robinson. Yeah, he, he's not a, he's not a number 1. Allen Robinson is a number 1. Not an elite number 1. Like he he might not be a top 10 receiver in the league. I mean, I think Allen Robinson is. He yeah, he might be. I mean, I, I guess he's he borderline that area. Juju's nowhere close to there. But no, I think if Al Juju, Robinson played like on the team, he'd actually you, throw him the ball. You'd like Juju on the Jets, especially because he's got a, a rapport already with Darnold. Um, oh, yeah. Listen, we're talking about guys like Jeff Smith and, and Vincent Smith and all these guys. Yeah, of course, I would like Juju. I would just like Allen Robinson more. But I just don't – I don't necessarily think it's the smartest thing for the Jets to trade assets, but to trade Yeah, you don't want to do it out Donald. of desperation. Like, oh, oh, we fucked up and didn't get enough firepower at the receiver, so now let's trade up a big asset. Like, what they did that shit with Percy Harvin back in Rex Ryan's last year with the Jets. I remember listening to his fat ass on uh, ESPN radio and like he was, he was real giddy. He's like, it was right around the trade deadline. He's like, all I'm saying is we, we might add something. (laughs) And shortly later they pulled the trigger and traded for Percy Harvin. I can't remember what they gave up. Was it a second rounder, a third rounder? What was it? I don't know. I remember I was that day I was getting my one of my, my cars and I saw it and then and I was really pumped about Percy Harvin, but he was actually good. He just he was, was an exciting he was an exciting player, but I mean it was a desperation move. Like, oh shit, we didn't do enough in the offseason to address this. We gotta do it now. We gotta help our quarterback out. And you traded for him, you know, during midseason and it's like it's gonna be hard for the receiver to kind of come in and, and be what he could be if he had an offseason to work with the quarterback and stuff. So I wouldn't be the hugest Kenny fan Stills. of. Uh, People were saying Kenny Stills. I didn't know he was cut. If if they wanted to bring in Kenny Stills, I would. I, would I didn't know he was cut that. either. We. I, I would definitely do that. Um, what's yeah, your guess for the record? Gase, Gase loves Kenny Stills. Gase loves Kenny Stills. Yeah. Somebody said, get, "What's your record or what's your guess for the record this year?" It's seven and nine. We we did that before. You must not have been listening the whole time, Jack. I'm ashamed. Uh, it, Chris Jack. says, "Being excited for Chris Hogan is proof how sad and depleted our wide receiver talent has been." <laughs> Uh, he's kind of he's kind of right. I don't I don't know. If I'm necessarily excited for him. I just think it's a smart signing. It's not like holy shit, we got Chris Hogan. But I think for what the Jets and he's right for the what the Jets receiving core is, it's a good signing. But you know, obviously, if they had a number good number one, two, three, four, then we wouldn't be very excited about it. But you got you got us there, Chris. Uh, somebody else asked, uh, should we work out Des Bryant? I don't. He hasn't played football in two years. I don't nah. think he fits the culture. He's a me guy. I don't think so. He's saying that we need big body receivers. We have Mims, we have Perryman, we have guys like Herndon. Uh, I don't think they necessarily need more big body guys. Uh, Cage or two, if he, if, if he is healthy. I don't think that's necessarily what the Jets necessarily need. It's not like they're lacking big body guys. Yeah, this idea that you always – what does Kansas City have in terms of big body receivers? Yet they put up points like it's nobody's business. Tyreek's a small dude. 
Sammy's not a big dude. Um, I know I understand Kelsey's a tight end, but so yeah. he, he's not a receiver. But I'm saying, like, if you look at some of their other guys, like, wow, what the hell's the guy that did? They just drafted out of uh, Georgia that the Jets tried to get. Um, and they nope. got number the, the, the Chiefs. Yeah, uh, Miko Hardman. He's small too. So I'm saying, yeah, like, small, yeah. this idea that you need big guys, no, not necessarily. Um, it's nice to have a guy with a big catch radius, and the Jets have two of those guys already. Uh, Perriman's catch radius is pretty big, and Mims has got a huge catch Mims radius. Mims has a fucking massive catch radius. I, I, I love his his uh, his body makeup and his frame. Like Just the way he extends for balls is ridiculous. And the way he manages to get his feet down, yeah, the Jets are, are good there. Again, they're, they're speed burners. Hey, uh, Q's one-on-one. Again, I have, I have film reviews of these guys. These guys, if you want to go and watch – power to you they they can they can win jump balls both of them they're not they're not speed they're not robbie anderson who just went on speed they're they win contested catches um for sure i, I could pull up plays now uh but there's like i have like 70 plays of of those guys so i don't want to uh be searching through the film but they could definitely win contested catches for sure uh moncrief that signing talking the receiving core if he's the moncrief that he was in 2018 with the jags and even like the moncrief he was with the colts um, I'm not sure what happened with him. Like he, he went to the Steelers, got cut because he was dropping balls, went to the Panthers, got cut. But he was like, he, I'm not saying he's a good receiver, but when he was with the Colts, I thought he was like a decent, you know, role player. When he was with the Jaguars, I thought he was a decent role player. Um, so if he's that, I'm good with the, the signing. I don't think it hurts to bring anybody in with, with uh, Moncrief. I just, he really fell, um, his play fell really, really quickly. So, yeah, I don't know either. And I haven't watched a lot of his films, so I can't really say. Yeah. I don't think um, he was there. Go ahead. Yeah, I don't have much to say. The trade for Balazs, I don't want to hit on too quick. I, I think it's a special teams type move. I'm, I'm kind of happy it didn't go through. He averaged 1.8 yards per carry last year, again, playing behind the worst offensive line in the league. And then, oh, well, under Gacy, he ran he 5.2. But, like, all of that was from a 75-yard run because he had, like, 180 yards that year. So, he really ran for, like, 3.2 yards per carry or whatever it was. So, don't like that trade. I, th- I think it's for special teams and then to fill the, the, the roster out. But – they have depth at the running back position. Like you, even, even the fourth guy is Josh Adams. So I think Joe Douglas uh, likes, so maybe it was just for training camp. You know, they traded and were planning on cutting him. I don't, I don't know. Um, next topic, uh, the Yannick thing. Everybody said the Jets should have traded the second round and the fifth round pick or fourth round pick for Yannick. What are your thoughts next? I have a pretty strong opinion on this. Um, I really like Yannick as a pass rusher, but, you're going to have to pay him 20-something million. You can't even give him a contract this year, so there's no certainty if you're going to have him for the long term. Yeah. No, I wasn't a huge fan of that. I, if they could if, if See, the Jags tagged him last minute, and I remember mm-hmm. kind of being like, okay, if he does hit free agency, this is a player that I actually kind of like, and just even if he's just a straight-up pass rusher. But to give up a second rounder and maybe more, because I think they gave up a second rounder and a conditional pick too. And you can't yeah. even sign him. You can't even sign him long term. See, that's when you're. When, that's when your franchise is bad. When you give up a second rounder for a player, and then you don't even have that player on your team for the long term. Um, so I'm not disappointed that they didn't make that move. And he doesn't really give you much in run support. So you know, you talk about how the Jets had such a good run defense last year. Okay, if Yannick is playing major snaps on second, uh, first and second down this year your running defense is probably not going to be as good as it was last year. So, um, yeah, hold on quickly. I just wanted to, I want to do this. This is just, and I'm, again, I'm not breaking down the film like I would if, if I were on a single show, I think like, again, 
people who watch this frequently can attest to that. But uh, this is for the guy who said that, that he's not a – you can't win contested catches with <laughs> with Perryman. So, he, they, they could do it. Trust me. It, it's, it's there. Um, Dude, there's a, reason, there's a reason why he was a first-round pick. I mean, this is not just a guy who had a, a fast 40. Yeah. Plenty of guys have fast 40s. Like, he has an elite 40 four, in the four twos. But he also does have other aspects to his game, which is why he was a first-round talent. Yeah, I have. I have and, and by the way, and one thing about Perriman, too, one of his biggest knocks coming out of college was his hands. He had unreliable hands. You put on his tape last year, he's not just not dropping balls. He's catching them with his hands with good technique. He really improved his hands. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I'm not going to pull the men's play. I have like 70 plays in there. I was getting lost in my, in my Dude, plays. I'm trying got, to look for like got, ridiculous catch. You got two long film reviews of Mims, and Marcus joined you yeah. for maybe both of them, but at least one of them. One of them, again, you, yeah. You got a lot of shit with Mims, and dude, he's got ridiculous catches littered throughout his whole tape. Again, for the people who are just turning into this, uh, on those shows, the film shows, it's about it's about the breaks, the it's about speed cuts versus square cuts versus bam steps versus you know offensive line, like like we you talk things like dual protection and molly blocks and all these things that people don't really know about and leverages and hand placement and uh cuff techniques like all this stuff if you want to learn about it go watch the other shows this is supposed to be more of like a talk show thing so i don't want to get too deep into it but the yannick thing listen it, it would be a dumb move for the jets to do it it really dumb you're trading a second round pick for a guy who wants to be on a winning team you're gonna trade a second round pick and he's gonna walk away for a team who's building for the future listen if the jets were a team who i think is gonna get 11 wins this year and make, can make a super bowl run sure trade it for yannick and risk it but that's not where the Jets are. That's not where they are in their process. So you can't trade a second-round pick for uh, a player who I think is good, um, but he's going to leave next year. That's the one thing. The second thing is he's okay in the run game at best. He's not. A, he doesn't get involved in the run game very much. So for twenty million dollars, I think he's a, dec- a solid pass rusher, but is not a good in the run game. And if you are going last year by stats, he had like five, six sacks last year. Like he's not Khalil Mack. He's not Von Miller. He's not Chandler Jones. He's a solid pass rusher, but he's not somebody to break. I don't think he's going to be worth $20, 21000000 million like he's an ass. Yeah, he's for. not an elite pass rusher. So you're, so you're overpaying him because he's not an elite pass rusher and he doesn't get involved in the run game. You're trading assets for a guy who might leave, um, who's going to leave, and now you just wasted future draft capital, which that second-round pick could be a Mims. It could be a – it could be a – uh, Marcus May obviously it could be a Vlad Dukas or Devin Smith as well but we have more faith in that in Joe Douglas so he has a limited repertoire of pass rush moves too he really he's very good with the cross chop but he doesn't really win with anything else yeah yeah so okay uh, moving on uh for net it's, it's something that people are talking about again it's it's you're uh, no you already got one high price running back not that you'd have to pay a high price for him but that and you have Fournette, who is like a volume runner. Like he's one of those guys who beats you up in the first and second quarter and then you get tired of tackling him. So he goes off in the third quarter. He's not going to get runs like that for the Jets. So he's a guy who you need to get going and he's going to get a run here and there for the Jets and, and run into a wall. I don't think it works. I actually thought he looked very good against the Jets last year. Fournette? Against the Jets. Yeah. Like that was, the not, best, a... that was the best I've ever seen him look in his, in his NFL career. Again, I rather I rather develop the young guy. Let oh Perrine yeah, I don't more, want him more. But yeah, yeah. Get get Perrine more snaps. Again, this year, obviously, we want to see the Jets do well. But I think everybody can agree, and everybody who's who's watching this should agree that it's about the guys like Quinn Williams, Becton, 
Connor McGovern, Herndon, Darnold. It's about the young pieces. The guys like, and listen, I love McClendon, but the guys like McClendon, Desir, McDougald, I don't really care. Well, maybe McDougald could be signed, but I don't really care about the old guys. This is all about young guys and, and future assets. I'm not, we don't need to worry about guys who are, who are necessarily older. So um, somebody else said uh, signings to make. So Jadavion Clowney, um, do you think they should sign Jadavion Clowney? What's your thoughts on that one? No, no, because they're already solid with run stuffing type of players. Jadavion Clowney is mostly a run stuffer. And truthfully, I think he's better when he's rushing the passer from the interior than coming off the edge. He's yeah. kind of really a raw pass rusher coming off the edge this late into his career. So he's never going to be really good with that, even though he's got some elite athleticism. It's just the truth. So he doesn't solve the issue, the problem that you have winning off the edge. He doesn't solve that for you. So no. Yeah, so somebody else says with college football, uh, this is Leon again, with college football, a big question mark this year, how much uh, will this impact the Jets and other teams when it comes to the draft? Massive. I'm so, it's, it's I'm so, I'm so confused. Which, which don't even ask me what conferences are playing, are playing and stuff. I don't know. Uh, I'm not tracking it. I don't know either. I, I'm waiting okay. until it actually happens. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not privy. Um, but there's a lot of guys. Chase, I think, just opted out. But there's Who's plenty Chase, of guys. Chase. 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 The, the, the wide oh, receiver. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, apparently is a deadlock to become the jet, a jet next year. I'm fine with that, but you have but you have guys like you know Baker Mayfield who who, who busted out and was the number one overall pick. Joe Burrow was the number one overall pick. There's guys you know Quinny Williams wouldn't have been a, a first round pick if he wasn't there. By uh, the way, Chase, who, Chase is really but, good, but um, some people are like acting like he's like one of these best receiver prospects to come out in like years, and I'm thinking like eh, I don't know if he's that good. Like he doesn't really give you anything after the catch. Yeah, so I think it limits the guys who are who, who are trying to bust out. But for the guys who are well established, obviously they're just going to stay there. But for guys like uh, was in Gregory Rousseau or whatever his name is from Miami, the rusher who needs to prove some more, like he might drop. There's there's plenty of guys who obviously um, there's plenty of guys who were first round type talents like Geno Smith or I think no, not Geno Smith. There's a couple. There's a there's a couple. There's a couple of guys who are like supposed to be first round picks and they drop really really far in the draft. Uh, who was the quarter? Wasn't like a quarterback from like Miami a few years ago who was really highly touted and then fell to like the fifth or sixth round. Supposedly after his freshman year, Christian Hackenberg was supposed to be a first round pick. Ex- exactly. So there's plenty. There's plenty of guys who are either going to be really good or who are going to fall this year or really or not notice and then come up. So yeah, it's going to impact it a little bit. But I ha- I do have faith in Joe Douglas. But um, I'm more worried for the Seattle pick than the Jets picks. I think the top ten guys are uh, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, yeah that, that's so. the annoying thing about making the trade during this thing is, but but here's but I ha- I have a thought on that though, I feel like because the uncertainty with who's going to play and maybe some teams don't play and stuff, I feel like that you're going to see a better separation between the good GMs and the bad GMs, and I feel, and I, I don't know for sure yet that we do have a good GM. So like for example, in other years where you have a bad GM, but it's easier for them to make a layup pick because, like, okay, this player is just universally accepted as being a good player, a, a low-risk player. You know, I feel like it's going to be easier for the bad GMs to screw up in a year like this, whereas someone like Douglas, yeah. while it's more challenging for him, he's going to be the type of GM that's going to be less likely to screw up. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I trust. I, yeah, I, I trust. You want the guys who have a real eye, eye for talent, um, and Joe Douglas seems to have that. So, 
I don't think he's going to reach a lot of things. He's pretty smart with his picks. But a lot of people are saying they, they like Chase. I like Chase, too. If, if he's there, grab him on bond that. But it depends uh, who's there. Like, if that tackle from what is Oregon or whatever, that huge tackle, like, I'm still all offensive. Oh, he's line. really good. I would take him over yeah, Chase so, any day. Yeah, but, again, I haven't got to their film, which, by the way, I will. Uh, that, that those, those film breakdowns will come. Um, other than that, I don't know if there's really anything that people are saying that we haven't really hit on, which we will get to the 53-man roster. Uh, a lot of people are agreeing that Clowney's not worth it. I, I think if you are looking to the long-term of this roster, carrying over that cap space, you're adding a run stuffer. And he, he could be a pa- – he is a decent pass rusher, but you're adding more of a run stuffing guy to a run stuffing unit. Um, so I don't, I don't think it's the smartest thing. Roll over that cap, uh, that cap money. And then uh, somebody else said, I think uh, Clowney's just cashing out a quiz or cues. I don't know how to say your name. Uh, I agree with that. He's a player who worries me, uh, especially on a bad team. Well, not a bad team. Let's just say a below-average team like the Jets. Uh, I think he may, you know, take off some snaps, so I don't like that. It gives me, like, not necessarily Tremaine Johnson vibes, but Tremaine Johnson vibes. Uh, somebody else asked if they um, – if we're worried about Conan Williams. What are your, what are your thoughts on that one? Uh, very slightly. I mean, uh, slightly. Um, I was certainly – significantly disappointed in his season last year I thought he was going to come in and be pretty dominant almost from the jump and he just wasn't but I think that he I think that he kind of overestimated how good he was and how kind of thought that he was going to come in and dominate early in the league and I think he was humbled and I think that you can see in the work that he put in the offseason that he's not taking it lightly anymore Mm-hmm. And he just was really good. He was really good in college against the best type of competition. And some, it, it's, it takes defensive linemen, interior defensive linemen, a solid year to develop. So I think that you're going to yeah. see a big jump this year, more so than any other player on, on the Jets in terms of a jump this year. Mm-hmm. You'll see it from Quinn. And so I am a little bit concerned, but not too concerned. I'm not very concerned. Again, I think the technique stance that, that he has, I think he'll develop into it. Uh, his body's obviously developing. He's a young guy. He was asked to be that picker more than a penetrating type role last year to, to eat up blocks instead of uh, penetrating. But I think this year he'll be more of a penetrator as he, as he gets his technique down again. I think he was a little bit over overzealous last year where he's a little bit top heavy leaning into his hands a little bit too much and wasn't reacting where in Bama uh, you, you use that soft stance, react to guys, punches, beat their punch and then penetrate where last year he kind of just was running right into guys and trying to beat them instead of reacting a little bit more. Um, so he was kind of too, uh, he just wasn't playing the same way he played in Bama. So I, I think he'll be fine. I really, really, really liked his tape at Bama. It was, it was some elite tape he, he had. Uh, again, in the intro of the show, you're going to hear me talking about Quentin Williams beating two guys using his hands and all that stuff. Like he would literally fight off two guys' hands at the same time and penetrate gaps. Like it was absolutely ridiculous. Um, You've probably never seen a better defensive lineman uh, tape in college. Maybe in Dominican so. Sue. Maybe in Dominican Sue. But you didn't watch it that closely, and no, no. He was, and he was really good in college. Is, I would be more concerned with Quinn Williams if he was more of like an Ed Oliver type, where Ed Oliver won a lot on just based on his explosiveness um, and his leverage and things like that. Where if he if he was winning like that, he was getting beat by guys in the NFL. Yeah, I'd be worried. But with a guy like technique, like he has the tech, that technique just doesn't go by the wayside. So um, if he was a traitsy type guy, I'll be worried. But and he has a trait. Trust me, he ran like a what, like a four eight at three hundred pounds. So he has the explosiveness. But he won with technique. So I, I think he will be, um, he will be successful again. There's guys go look up the stats of of Sue or not. I don't think it's Sue's first year. I think it's Geno Atkins, uh, Gerald McCoy, a couple of other guys who all had like three sacks. And everybody was concerned about them. But Quinn Williams, dude from the Chiefs, in the role. 
Uh, Chris Jones, yeah. Yeah, yeah they'll have, they all had like three, four, five sacks. Quinn Williams had three and a half sacks, and he missed a couple games with an ankle injury. He had an ankle injury in the first game. I, th- I think he's going to be fine. Yeah, people need uh, to stop making the Aaron Donald comparison because it's just hard to see another player anytime soon being well, that, that's, like him. Well, that's, that's, that's Ed Oliver compared with Quinn Williams. Like that explosiveness that Ed Oliver has, plus Quinn Williams, like uh, obviously his technique. A uh, couple of more questions in here. Uh, Joe, you weren't big on Davis. Has he changed your mind with how well he seemed to be doing in camp? I, I answered this before. Um, Again, I, I'm not. I'm not. I never said that he was a bad worker. I think he's going to be an absolute bust. I just think it's going to take him a little bit longer. He's taking the coaching well. I'm not watching these plays though, so I don't know if he's leveraging himself over top of route concepts or reading quarterback size or taking good angles on tackles because you don't really tackle in camp. So I don't know what he's doing. I know he's getting interceptions, but how is he getting those interceptions? Just like that Herbert interception, everybody hyped up. Me and Marcus both watched it. And we were like, Nah, it really wasn't that good of a play by him. He should have made that play. It's more so, of an indictment on Herbert. Yeah, it was an indictment on a bad throw by Herbert than it was on Ashton Davis. So college, it was a lot of, it was a lot of okay, I'm going to get by on my athleticism because I'm an elite athlete, where the NFL, you need to pair that elite athleticism with your brain and reading concepts and things like that, anticipation, um, where he didn't do that in college enough. So that's why I thought he was going to take longer to develop. I think he has the athleticism and maybe even the drive to do it. Um, but I think he will have his lumps in his rookie year. Uh, obviously, like I said, the, the camp stuff, what, what are those plays? You know, is it Justin Herbert type interceptions or is it interceptions where he's anticipating things? You know, like, I'm not sure. So, yeah, I think it's encouraging. Um, and, again, I'm not here to shit on Jets players. I'm just here to give my honest opinion. Uh, like I said, Lawrence Cager, I thought he was going to disappoint me. I liked him more. Greg Dortch roasted him last year, and look what happened to Greg Dortch. He got cut. You know, there's plenty of guys. Um, let's see what else we got in here. Uh, okay, I don't think there's really too much. Again, comment. Uh, if you want to call in, again, uh, people, I'm happy with 86 people. I do appreciate everybody who was in there. Again, if you want to call in, uh, 818-573-5427. I'll keep the calls pretty short. Again, we're just starting to build this, but I, I'm pretty happy with 86 in here, Kyle. I don't know about you. I don't know what the likes are we have right now, but if you are in here, like it. But 86 for the first one, I'm, I'm, pretty, uh, I'm pretty happy with. Uh, 41 likes, I think. No dislikes. Uh, we need we need more than forty one. We need fifty. Get get us to fifty at least. But appreciate oh, it's, you guys. Let's it's forty two now. Uh, there you go. I appreciate somebody who did that. Hey, hey, I'm I'm, I'm forty four now. It's forty five. I just liked it. Oh. Forty eight. There you go. There we go, people. I, I like I said. I uh, I appreciate everybody joining us for the first time. I'm going to get more comfortable with this one. Hopefully, build up some callers, and then I will be doing some film on here. I know I am putting up. Uh, just the plays of it. But if you guys ask me for something specific, hey, can you show me a rep of, you know, maybe do this pre-show, like do this before? Um, I because I have like I have like a thousand plays on my computer of uh, of film. But hey, on that show tonight, can you pull up a play of Quinn Williams and his and his technique that you're talking about? You know, let me know. I could I'll break down some film for you guys. I'm I'm comfortable with that. Oh, we got to 63 likes now. People are killing it. All right, awesome. Um, See what a asked, simple what call to action can do. But you now, didn't get a dis- call, but now you got a dislike call. too. Yeah, there's always those people. The, the people who hear me say, can you like the show and dislike it? Listen, it's not going to hurt me that much to dislike, but that just tells me the kind of person you are. You need to, you need to get a hobby. Uh, it's probably a Bills fan. So let's Fuck see. Fuck Josh Allen. <laughs> there you go. Now we got two dislikes. No, I'm kidding. Um, somebody asked about Henry Anderson. What do you think about Henry Anderson? Uh, you know what? When I was doing my roster prediction earlier today, I had him, I was like, Cause I hadn't looked at his contract. I was thinking like, yo, he's a prime candidate to get cut, 
But then I was thinking, yeah. then I looked and you can't cut them unless you get like 8 million something in dead cap. So yeah, you can't truthfully, I'm looking at, uh, I'm looking at all the D linemen that I got making the roster right now. Fadu Kasi, Nate Shepard. Oh, Anderson. we're doing this later. You're, 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 you're it's killing just it. one you're thing. Killing whatever okay i won't name the rest of the names right now but out of all these guys that i got written down here i am the least excited and i think he's the worst one out of all of them right now he's got the least upside truthfully i mean i see him as the bottom of the totem pole in the defensive line room right now yeah um and people who are in the chat too again don't don't feel intimidated to call in again uh, this is more film centric, so we do have some strong opinions, but I'm not going to absolutely shit on somebody. But if you say something stupid, I am going to combat it. So just just letting you know. So call in though. I'm not going to be too too aggressive with you guys. Uh, so do that. Um, why do you think his sack numbers went down for for Henry Anderson? Well, one, I think he got less snaps, and two, he had a lot of like chase down chase yes. down type sacks. Oh, Tyrod Taylor is like holding on to the ball for like five seconds. Henry Anderson yeah. chases him down from behind. Yeah, he he yeah, it was more the like for Sean sacks, Watson. Like Calvin- you know, yeah, because he's one of those players that'll do that shit too. I think Deshaun Watson's overrated. I think he's good. I just don't think he's as good as everybody else. No, you're right. I, no, Watson's actually super duper smart, but his he is not an extremely accurate quarterback. He has he doesn't have good arm strength, which is indicated by his 49 mile per hour velocity that he threw at the combine. You're huge on that velocity. No, thing. I'm not, I, not anymore. I'm not, but I'm just saying, like, just look at his passes. They don't look at him come off his hand. Like, yeah. How much harder does Morgan? Yeah, when I watched your Morgan review, like, dude, that that dude throws some fucking lasers. Lasers, bro, lasers. But with Watson, everything's kind of like a lollipop. Um, yeah. But he gets by because he's super duper smart. He's good in the pocket. Uh, he can extend plays, um, and he can also run when he needs to. Yeah. Um, but um, but he's he he does not have pinpoint accuracy at all, and you and you can see that when you watch him play. But I, I like Watson though overall so the the quick housekeeping again uh jedex shop i didn't mention that we have a bunch of shirts there we have shirts for ashton davis for zuniga for brayden man for whoever uh connor mcgovern who wears our shirts by the way um and other than that again if you guys do want to do the pickums i'm not you know again i'm gonna keep it to like 10 to 15 people max but if you guys do want to do the pickums uh listen to the show every week it's the shows are gonna come out probably wednesday or thursday pick against me and marcus coleman who is an nfl db um for 11 years and he comes on the show frequently i'll text him i'm gonna get his picks and if you beat us you get two few uh two free shirts and a free year subscription if you finish the top person out of everybody but you know me and marcus who will beat all of you um we'll give you a free shirt or two maybe anyway so to, if you want to take part in that again you can email me joe period j-o-e period blew it b-l-e-w-e-t-t at jets with an s x factor to either let me know you're interested or uh to, for your picks or comment on YouTube or whatever it may be. Um, you can also ask me a question there. If you have questions, you can ask me in there. Or like I said, if, if you know a show is coming up, a YouTube live, you say, hey, can you break down this play of Perryman or whatever? Or what was this or what was that? You can ask me. Um, other than that, for the housekeeping, I don't think there's too much. Somebody said that I should put up something on the front page of Jets X Factor about the YouTube live shows. We will. Again, we're running through this as like a rough Good idea. Yeah, this is this is a this is a rough draft. Um, we will figure this out, but we're we're gonna be doing this at least once a month, maybe maybe once every three weeks. We don't know, but I like the response we're getting right now, so uh, definitely doing it at least once a month. 
So keep your eyes peeled for the show. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what the date and everything's going to be, but if you are a subscriber to the channel, if you follow me on Twitter, Jorah B31 or whatever, uh, these will be happening frequently. So if you can subscribe, do whatever. Uh, even if you don't want to watch the film, but you like this show, I, I, I encourage you to watch the film shows. But if you uh, just want to uh, watch these, then just keep your eyes peeled. I don't know if it's going to be like the first Wednesday of every month or what we're going to do, Kyle, but um, I uh, we will do that. Do you have a picture? By the way, Henry Anderson's a dirty player. Henry Anderson's a dirty player too. Hey Jets, hey Jets X Factor, find the shirt, find the picture of Connor McGovern or whoever wearing the shirt, his family or whatever it is. I know you're listening, Savo. I know we have that somewhere. By the way, uh, we could have won that fucking Bills game last year if it wasn't for Henry Anderson. Yeah, late could, or Vedvik. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Vedvik. Um, anybody else? Let's see. Alex Lewis got hurt in practice. Uh, get aggressive next offseason. Yeah, I think the ball. He sucks anyway. Morgan throws it. Yeah, I mentioned I, I, that. I, uh, doubt, I doubt he's going to start next year. Kay Delgado, the ball skips a frame when Morgan throws it. I, I'd say that all the time. If you could see the ball through the entire flight on film, that means it wasn't very fast. His ball, you cannot, it's, it's, it, You see a blur of, of the brown from the ball. Uh, somebody said Dante. And that's, what, yo, and that's with like poor technique too. Uh, one thing I don't like that? about Morgan is oh. he, when, when, when Morgan gets pressure around him, he gets scared to step into his throws. But he manages yeah. to get all that torque on the ball, even though he's not fully stepping into the throw. Oh, gee. So, it's 740. I mean, okay, we got to start doing our pick We got to start doing our, our thing. Um, somebody said something about they like the show, just something about if you can start at seven. Uh, well, I maybe next time. I don't know. <laughs> um, do you think Joe Douglas gets more aggressive more off next aggressive more offseason? Yes, I do. Uh, hopefully, I mean, if, yes, if, if Manisha's reporting is true about the money issue, hopefully that's not an issue next season. Yeah, Clark. Uh, I, I think I think Clark will be. I, I I like I like Clark a lot. Um, to be completely honest, so I, I think he's gonna step in maybe midpoint of the year, end of the year. But I think he will be the long term. Uh, he keeps getting hurt. Starter here. So, uh, skill set cager. Okay, so people are asking about cager and stuff. Okay, so let's get into the fifty three man roster prediction again because it is seven forty. Uh, I don't want to keep people on too long, even though it's they can click off whenever they want. But don't because we got eighty six people. I don't know how many likes we got, but uh. Oh, I'm on James Morgan's strengths and weaknesses. I have a lot of stuff. Okay, so Jets roster. Uh, again, we're going to do this pretty quickly. It's, it's, not, it's, it's just a talking point again. It's, everybody's doing it right now. I think the roster cutdown comes in two days or whatever. Um, but uh, quarterback, who, and this is what we're going to do too. I don't want to do it with injuries really. Like we could, we could factor in injuries and talk about them a little bit, but it kind of like there's so many injuries right now of like who may, who's out for four weeks, who's going to be on the IR, who's going to be on this list. I kind of did this list without injuries, Kyle. I don't know how you did it. Well, that, when you told me that, I that's how I did mine because you yeah. told me that's how you're doing yours. Three days. Yeah, it's in three days. If we're in a position to take Sewell next year, do you do it? Hell yes, we do it. Offensive line is the most important yes. thing in the draft. The only problem with that is like, Either him or Becton's going to have to play on the right side, and it would probably be him because Becton already did play a year on the left in the NFL. Yeah. Um, I'm fine with both, even though both of them can play <laughs> left. But but you could have, theoretically, two really dominant tackles, so that would be so cool. He, Douglas is not a one-year invest one draft pick at, or two draft picks in an offensive lineman and, and, and cut it out. Like I think we're going to see multiple first-round picks in the next couple of years. I think if you get Sewell, though, and you have Sewell, you hope Clark develops – then you have your left tackle, left guard. You have your center. You have the right tackle. Then maybe they sign a guard, and you're pretty set. Like that's a pretty solid line. So, but let's um, be honest, though. If you have, if you can get any player that you want in the draft, you take Trevor Lawrence. Sorry, Sam Darnold fans. 
Oh, we're not even getting into this. If we're in a position to take him, if we're bad enough to take Lawrence, then Darnold had a really bad year and we should probably take him. But I don't, I don't think that's the case. Any yeah. chance Blau Powell gets signed? I hope so. I, I like Powell a lot. I think he's been criminally underrated and underused throughout his Jets career. I think he's a, he's a decent running back, like starting running back. Um, uh, somebody really good guards in the draft too. Yeah, hey, listen, there's plenty of guards here who have been drafted. The guy from the Redskins, uh, obviously Quentin Nelson's an absolute savage. So I'm taking good guards too. Offensive line, whether it be left guard, right guard, center, right tackle, they're all really important positions. So uh, I'm cool with that. Um, moving on. Okay. Yeah. Quarterbacks. I put three, uh, Donald Flacco Morgan. Um, I think to start the year, you might not see Flacco might be on that, like the short term IR or whatever it is. And then you, uh, you either have fails or Mike white. It seems like my, Mike white is playing better, but fails knows the system. So that's an interesting competition. I would probably say fails would make it over white if this is the case, but I'm going to go without the injuries. I'm going to say Donald Flacco Morgan. Yeah. That's what I have. So we could just move on. Okay. Uh, running back. I have, uh, Bell Gore P Ryan. Uh, this is one where I had a tough time cutting Josh Adams because I know that Douglas likes Josh, uh, uh, Josh Adams, so I didn't I didn't carry him over. But this is because of some other positions I had to carry like six or seven guys. So this is a position that I think they might carry four, but I went with three just for my own personal kind of fifty-three man roster. Yeah, I had the same thing. Bell Gore Piran. Okay, there you go. Uh, tight end, I got three: uh, Herndon, Griffin, Wesco. Um, Brown's on the outs. Uh, I know that Gase likes him, which could be an issue that he might carry him. But I think those three um, are the locks with maybe Brown, but I don't have him making it. When I initially wrote this down, I had him on there, but I had too many players. So he was one of the people I had yeah. to cut. So Wesco, Herndon, Griffin. Yep. Yeah, somebody says they like uh, Russo or whatever from Miami, the edge rusher. Um, I don't think he's going to be a top five, top ten pick. We're talking about like Sewell and Chase. I'd rather have those guys. Um, I just think so far when I heard from Russo or whatever, I want to see his tape to to really comment on him. But I heard he's super raw, and taking super raw guys who are going to sit out a year or whatever is pretty risky, to be completely honest. So it is. Mm-hmm. Um, Plus the exactly. all, we, I mean, I mean, you always take you want to take best player theoretically, but they, we really need to help our offense. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we need to help Donald. Like the, the defense, like this is why like, I, I don't want to sign old guys in defense. Like I don't want to sign a clown who's going to be here for a year or two. I don't want to sign, you know, whoever else. Maybe even like a Logan Ryan. Like I wasn't that butthurt because he's not going to be here in a year or two. But if you're talking about signing guys like Sanu to help Donald out, yeah, that's the most important thing. So mm-hmm. um, that is fine. Um, how do you think the Jets will use Mims this year? I think he's going to be the X receiver. I don't think he's going to be a lot involved in a lot of route concepts and things like that just because you want him ISO'd winning a one-on-one. I don't think he's necessarily the He'll route be to be. Nine routes, slants, curls. Post. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so moving on, wide receiver. This is, the, this is a really hard one. Again, there's a lot of injuries, so I'm not sure what's exactly going to happen here. I'm, this is with assuming health. Um JD will take a cornerback in the first two rounds, maybe. Uh, we'll see. So I have Perryman, Crowder, Mims. Obviously, those are the obvious three. Vincent Smith, I know he's going to be out for a couple of weeks or whatever, but I just put him again because I don't want to do the whole injury thing. Um, they seem to like him a lot. Barrios, who is the punt returner, the guy they like a lot too, backup slot guy, and then Cager. That's that's my seven. Um, I'm sure. Did you say Hogan? Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. So, Perryman, Crowder, Mims, Smith, Hogan, Barrows, Cager. That's seven. With Jeff Smith not making it, with George Campbell not making it, with Josh Malone not making it, and with Moncrief not making it. Even though Moncrief, like I said, if he's the Colts Moncrief, the Jaguars Moncrief, I think he could be a decent backup role player type, but I don't know what happened with him the last, the last season. So, um, I have seven, but that's a tough seven because 
they like apparently they like some of these guys and there's a lot of injuries so i think they will carry an extra but it seems like every year we're like oh they're gonna carry at least their six or seven and they always carry like five like teams always carry like five receivers so what do you think um i had seven as well perriman mims crowder vincent smith hogan barrios and i had moncrief instead of cager i wasn't a huge fan of cager his film I just I think he's pretty much only good at making contested catches, but I think his route running yeah. is quite sloppy. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it's it not only is it sloppy from a technique perspective, but it's also lazy too, mm-hmm. where he's just straight up like, you know, he lunges into his breaks too much all the time, all the time. Which again, if you want to see that, uh, I, I break down the differences of okay, stop steps, proper stop steps with throwing your hips down into the ground, um, and not lunging for the break. Versus actually, like there's a lot of guys who like who jump into the break, and when you're jumping into the break, you're not forcing your body down to stop. You want to force yourself into the ground, uh, your feet into the ground, obviously with proper technique to get out of breaks. So you don't want to lunge forward because you're lunging forward, you're sending your body forward instead of down. So it's harder to to break. Um, that's some things that we. Uh, I think he's gonna be solid on the practice red zone squad. Code. I think he's going to make the roster. So okay. screw you. Well, that, well, that's that's the only <laughs> disagreement that we have so far. Yeah. Um, okay. Offensive line. And I really I would had... like to see Berrios used more this year. He had one really bad drop in the fucking Bengals game, um, which mm-hmm. it was on a third down too, if I remember correctly. Dar- Darnold played much better in that game than people gave him credit for. Um, but people really dropped passes in crucial situations in that game. Um, but I would like to see more of him, though. Anyway, go on. Uh, Gase says he's been super smooth in his routes so far in training camp. Listen, uh, listen, Ash, and again, I'm not here to shit on anybody. You're not going to have a coach come out and say, yeah, his route running is really shitty this year. <laughs> like if somebody asks him, hey, how does the route running look? They're going to say it's good. Like that's just coach speak. Uh, Cheese said, Joe, how do you learn about all this technique? Were you a coach? I'm self-taught uh, watching YouTube videos, watching coaching clinics, uh, watching Jim McNally coaching clinics for three, four, five, six hours, taking notes, studying those notes, going on to film, trying to find those techniques into the game, uh, incorporating them, learning about them, doing strengths and weaknesses list. I, I, I've taught myself. So, In other um, words, it's a second, Joe for, uh, a second job for Joe. Um, yeah. what's, that, what's that adage like, you know, you become a master at something when you put – tens of thousands of hours into it or something like Again, that and if you guys want to learn about it just go if you're interested in learning about offensive line and you're you're newer or even if you're relatively good with film just go to the offensive line shows go to the receiver receiver shows go to the corners i'm talking about technique leverages hand placement different concepts uh, a lot of people don't know about pass blocking concepts pass blocking technique they don't know about hips they don't know about uh locking your hips out or where hand placement or you know a lot of a lot of stuff there's a lot of shit on there uh i would make i would make one suggestion for people too point number one is when you're on twitter unfollow dumb people unfollow dumb people that have loud opinions about something but they don't actually really know what they're talking and only follow smart people only listen to and read smart people's things because when you listen to some of those dumb people naturally those narratives get into your head like oh well this player is actually really good at this but when they're really not Follow smart There's people. a lot of people. Listen, I'm not going to call waste, anybody don't out waste by your name. time listening or reading uh, dumb people. Listen, there's a lot of people with a lot of followers out there who will put up a play and then say, oh, Becton destroyed this guy. And he gets like 20,000 retweets. I'm like, what? And listen, I know he's not going to hear this, but Baldy, not, what he says, I think he's probably smarter than he lets off. He's, he, he's all about the raw, raw. Oh, he plays really hard. Look at him take on this block and tackle. But it's like, it's nothing about technique, nothing about leverage, nothing about the concept, nothing. Uh, again, I'm not going to call the guy by name, but 
there's a guy who hyped up Morris Claiborne a lot and said James Carpenter is really, really good. And I was like, what the hell is this guy talking about? These guys are awful and they have a lot of followers. Again, not, not, not doing too much of it, but uh, uh, let's good, see. Good follows on Twitter are like high school coaches that like actually really know what they're talking about. Cause like, you're not going to see like a coach like Kyle Shanahan tweeting out stuff. Cause there's no need for him. And it, only that type of stuff's only going to get him backlash, even though like he's really smart, but you'll see like really smart coaches that like studied Nick Saban's defense inside and out who know it really well. But they're, mm-hmm. since they're a high school coach, they don't have a big profile. It, they're, they're not going to get flack if they're, if they're tweeting out stuff or whatever, but they'll, they tweet out like really, really good informative stuff. So you can learn a lot about coverages and things like that from that. So anyway, that's just uh, my two cents. Duke, so we said Duke Mannyweather, is he good? Yeah, he's, he's a good offensive yeah, he's line good. guy. There's, there's plenty of guys out there. If you he, guys, play, he played in the league for a little bit too, even though he was very, you know, athletically limited in terms of size. Again, I'm always going to put my own stuff. So if you want to watch Jets players while learning technique, you could always go to my stuff. I have McGovern up there. I have, uh, I have who else? Cam Clark. I have Becton. I have Fant. <laughs> I have Van Roten. Uh, so if you want to learn about that stuff. But yeah, uh, Baldy, eh. Uh, again, I'm not going to call it the guy by name, but there's a big Jets guy who I think is pretty garbage, to be completely honest. Uh, don't want to say that out loud uh omar said bucket step i learned that from you okay i pre hey you learn what a bucket step is cool <laughs> there's more stuff to learn um what are you thinking about kyle i see you're making a face over there um no it's just i was just thinking about <laughs> how you always talk about sam Darnold stepping in the bucket oh something but i think he's talking about a bucket step from an offense guys gotcha, lineman gotcha. yeah I, that's that's actually what i was thinking about i was wondering if he meant hey, that or he meant 79 people in here do do 79 of them know what a bucket step is if not go and watch an offensive line video and learn what it is and how to uh, properly work your hips over or not over your toes. So offensive line, I have nine. Okay, let's actually do this question first. Actually, we'll get to the after the offense. Um, offensive line, I have from left to right. I think people who start from right to left are psychopaths, to be completely honest. I don't know who goes from who, who reads from right to left. I don't get that. But I have a left tackle, Becton, Lewis, uh, left guard, center, McGovern, right guard, Van Roden. Uh, right tackle, Fant. And then the backups I have are Edoga, Josh Andrews, uh, Harrison, and Clark with two guys who I think are going to be like teetering on the roster is uh, McDermott and Hilbers, the undrafted rookie. But those are the nine I have. You know what I just realized? I don't know how I forgot him. But um, for some reason, and it was just totally unintentional, I didn't write him down. I didn't write down Cam Clark online, even though I like Cam Clark's tapes. Let me do that right now because there's no question that he would make this. Somebody called okay. me while you're doing that. Somebody said Baldy on the 2018 offensive line. Quotes, this, this Jets O-line is doing things O-line in the playoffs can't do. End quote. That's pretty much what it is. Like, there's no, there's no substance into it. It's all rah-rah stuff. If, a lot of those people, like I said, if you're yeah, Baldy's, Twitter, Baldy's like, look at him. He is, he is mean. He is hungry. He wants a snack right now. Look at him going in to devour the running back. It's yeah. like something like that. Like, but then and, then, and then people, people eat it up. Funny. And then people, no, and then people eat it up. But then they'll also say, "Oh my God, Baldy knows so much." It's like probably he does because he played offensive line. But from his videos, what are you seeing there? I don't, I don't get it. They're not, they're not extremely educational. But you know, I mean, they're fun. Yeah, it is. Um, okay, so. Okay, so offensive line, I have Becton, Alex Lewis, uh-huh. uh, McGovern, Van Roten, Fant. Uh, Chuma, 
is a potential cut candidate. I would not be surprised if he were cut. Remember, uh, Polite was a surprise cut last year. But remember, Douglas didn't draft Polite. Douglas didn't draft Chuma. I know he praised Chuma's feet, having solid feet this (laughs) offseason. But Chuma's lazy, and he kind of sucked last year, in my opinion. Um, he's better at right tackle and left tackle for sure. Yeah, but I, th- I, th- I think he was garbage at both, if you ask me, overall. Um, uh, and like I said, Harrison and Cam Clark. I uh, wouldn't be surprised if Jonathan Harrison were cut either. And, you know, could someone like Josh Andrews make it instead of Jonathan Harrison? Potentially, because remember, you know, Harrison wasn't – he wasn't yeah. initially brought in by Douglas, whereas someone like Josh Andrews was. So – I wouldn't be shocked to see that. Jonathan Harrison's pretty bad. He's pretty bad, and he's not getting any better, even though, you know, he's like a I just think him having, start, start, yeah, him having starting experience, obviously. There's, there's a difference between bad starters and bad, back, and bad backups, obviously. A, a bad starter may be a good backup where, um, as, you know, if a good backup comes in or you think he's a good backup, he might come in and, and, and suck. But I think Harrison's decent in depth, at least. Uh, to have at least he's done it like he's not as bad as uh, you could have worse Wesley Johnson Quale, like Wesley Quale or Wesley we- Johnson you oh, know like God. those guys you can't have at all or Breno so. Giacomini yeah yeah so the depth is not great but I the offensive line is taking steps in the right direction I, I think Becton's long-term piece I think McGovern's long-term piece and I then I think out of one of Fant or or um or uh what's his name Clark, one of those guys will be the long-term starter at either right tackle or guard. Uh, Fant, I'm higher on than other people. Again, I have a video of him. Um, I think he took a lot of steps in the right direction for sure. Uh, a lot of people just kill him because and, – and I get it. You see all these guys in free agency. You see whoever else – you know, you see what, what the, the Browns sign, uh, the tackle from the, uh, the Titans or everybody. Uh, Conklin, which, you know, I think he got a decent contract. But – you see those guys signing, and then we, the the Jets signed George Fant, and I was like, "Who the fuck is that?" Like, you know. Yeah, I had, I had no so, clue. So, but I watched the film, and a lot of people, you know, again, they go either type in stats or PFF. I agree with, I disagree with PFF a lot on a lot of stuff, and I don't like stats. Listen, I don't know how their formulas work, but stats suck in my opinion. You go, what is it like the interception that I always bring up the interception that Donald had versus the Vikings? Hit strong peak in the chest on a slant, really good ball. Pops up in the air. It's an interception. Is that is that a bad is that a bad interception for Donald? No, I'm all about process versus results. All about the process because I don't know why the ball. Raiders worked him out recently. He great sucks. ball, hit him in the chest. It's an interception. Now for PFF, is that a bad play? Is that an interception? Is it going to formula? Now he's a bad player. Like I, I don't like PFF. I don't like stats. I don't like oh is this guy good? Hold on, let me go to Google and type in his stats. I don't think that's how it works. That's why the Perryman thing I disagree with a lot of people on because. He was open those those first uh, you know eleven weeks or whatever, and he was making some good plays uh, in terms of getting open. But uh, the quarterback just didn't hit him because he wasn't one of the first couple of reads. So I think Perryman had a completely uh, productive 2019 in terms of actually getting open, not just statistically. Um, so uh, let's see. Going back to offensive line, uh, I was pleasantly surprised with both of the film of Van Roten and Fant. Um, you want to talk about, you know, what they had in previous years at both those positions. I think they're pretty, pretty significant upgrades, which is not saying much, but nonetheless is. I liked Van Roten's film better. However, Fant definitely has the higher upside. I mean, like, he's got the mentality. Like, he's an aggressive player. Uh, he's a tough yeah. player. He's athletic. When you see him get out in space, the dude can move. Um, but, yeah, it's kind of like – it, it, Yeah, yeah, Fant. It, 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 with him, it's just mostly technique issues. 
but I mean, he's, he's quite inexperienced there. So he's got room to develop. Anyway, we can move on. Um, yeah. So we both have those. I, I was going to try to pull up that. I have the one play of fan where he trucks the guy. I don't know what, do you remember that play? Was that earlier or late into the review? I forget when he, when he, uh, when he gallops to the, okay. Yeah. I, I think this is the play at least. Oh, against the 49ers. Yeah, I have. I just put time gallop. Yeah, I'm pretty sure this is it. Right, box this guy. Right. <laughs> I love that damn play. I love it. So as you can see, 34. He had plays, some really I nice like reps against Bosa in this game. Yeah, some, and, and and there and there were times where Bosa got the best of him too, which you can expect. Bosa is a really good player, but um, good gallop. You know, uh, obviously with the step, the, the, the and a gallop being the step in the for the first step in the direction while the while you hop off of it and the power off of the second step, uh, opens his left foot. Which again, talking about hips, allows your hips to open up and to cover ground. You don't want your foot pointing forward while trying to work over over your foot because that's just not how the body works. You need to open your hips up uh, to work through it. Step near gallop and truck <laughs> i love it he can move he can move and he's got some power too so it's it's fun to he's fun to watch sometimes uh yeah, he and he's about like 45 degree steps ver, um sets, yeah he, yeah. he needs he he needs more vert sets and jump sets for sure he, he's all 45 degree that's all that's like all he did with the, with the seahawks so he needs to learn more um but yeah we, so we have nine so total for offense i have 25 i think we both had three quarterbacks three how many running backs lining? three tight you had, ends you had nine offensive nine lining? I yeah. have eight. I have eight. Uh you're you're uh okay. There's usually I, I think teams usually carry nine to ten. I guess they could carry eight. Um I just I just don't know if Douglas is gonna do uh, maybe he could carry eight, but I, I don't I, I disagree with you there. But uh, moving on to the defense, defensive line. You you say you were going to you had a tough time with Henry Anderson. So who are your defensive linemen? I mean, I, I think Douglas would definitely cut him if he could, cap wise, but he can't. Uh defensive line, I got the way I, I didn't put guys like Jordan Jenkins as a defensive lineman, I labeled no. him as an edge. So defensive line, I got six, Kyle Phillips, McClendon, Quinnen, Henry Anderson, Nate Shepard, and Fado Kasi. Okay. Yeah. I have uh, McClendon, Q, Fado Kasi, Shepard, Anderson, Phillips. Uh, Phillips is like a hybrid, like outside linebacker, D end, like whatever you want to put him, D line or outside linebacker. I like him. Um, I think he's, I think he's more, but yeah, for undrafted guy, uh, he played really, really well last year. Uh, really good in the run game. So the Jets have a really, really good defensive front. Uh, maybe not pass rushing wise. I think they will develop there. Um, with yeah. with Quinn Williams developing, uh, that's the huge like sticking point of that is if Q develops and yeah, they could be a lot better. But in terms of run stuffing, McClendon, Q, Fado, Kasi, Shepard in the middle with Phillips and Jenkins on the edge is that's fucking hard to run against, man. I don't, you know, I don't see how you run a lot against that team, even with the outro, like obviously Jamal Adams makes plays, but uh, considering those guys, and then you have guys uh, on the second level, uh, like a Williamson who we both like Williamson a lot, which we thought, actually we talked about that. I think he took a pick up from 7.5 to seven or no, it was either seven or 7.5 to like, I think he took like three and a half million dollars pay cut. Um, and he's been working with the second team some, some in the uh, in practice too, which is something of note. Yeah, that's interesting. So it was a pay cut. I wasn't sure but that would, the way I read it, I was thinking oh, this looks like a pay cut, but maybe I'm just missing something. Yeah. Um, it's interesting that he would accept that. I mean, I know he got some guaranteed money there, which I guess. Ins- did they tell him like, hey, listen, if you don't take this pay cut, we're going to cut you? Is that what they did to him? I don't, I, I, I can't tell you I'm not in the. No, it's not, so, I mean, that's the only thing that kind of makes sense. But he's like, but if you do take the pay cut, we'll guarantee your, your roster spot. So you have this money guaranteed no matter what. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, yeah, and and maybe it's just him coming back from injury slow. He knows he's coming back from injury slow. Um, at this point in the season, is a team gonna? I think a team would pick him up. But yeah, it's interesting. I don't know. I'm hoping he comes back uh, healthy. But everybody doesn't heal the same. Like every situation is not linear. You know, he's not Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson healed, came back, had like a 2,000 rushing yard season. Yeah, crazy. It doesn't always happen. It doesn't always happen. Frank so, Gore's tore his ACL at least three times. Yeah, so and it can 30, happen. And he's 37 playing running back. But if Williamson, if, if Williamson is what he was in 2018, 17, uh, he's a savage in the run game. We like him a lot in the run game. Uh, I think he's an absolute beast. You know, two, two, 235, 240, taking on pulling guards and putting them on their ass and making the tackle. Like, he is impressive at times. So I really like him. So the, the, uh, the run-stopping defense is going to be good. Uh, moving on to the outside linebackers. Uh, this is a position I kind of wanted to carry three. But I carried four. Um, Same. Jenkins, Basham, Zuniga, Will, uh, Willis. I thought about Willis too, and I had initially wrote him down, but I took him off. Luvu. I, I have Luvu. Yeah. You like? Yeah, I, I like Luvu, and he didn't produce a lot last year. But we liked him the previous year under under Bulls. So I'm not too sure like what happened with him last year, but he wasn't very productive and he didn't play a lot. So um, I have a feeling that they like Wills more or Willis, whatever, more than him. I could see that. But I could see that. Isn't he wearing like number 70 something Wills or 60 something? I don't know why the hell is he wearing that, but it's the ugliest jersey number I've ever seen. Um, Maybe it's just something in camp until, you know, how, like Leah, what was Leonard? Leonard Williams was wearing a 60 something, wasn't he? It was like 62 or something like that. Yeah, it was like 62. Six yeah. overall was draft pick and you're, and you're wearing – I think so, something like that. And you're wearing 62. How ugly yeah. is that? <laughs> uh, yeah, somebody's saying Bryce Huff in here. Uh, I just haven't heard anything. I, I think based on his Yo, film, I think he could be a guy, but I think he's going to be a practice squad guy. Truthfully, all right, so, you know, you, you got to maximize your time and stuff. The only film review that you did that I didn't watch was him. and Because I haven't heard – anything what about the him hell Kyle. i haven't heard anything about him so then i went on twitter and i started searching his name and every everything i'm seeing is back from the draft like oh the jets line bryce huff who i had as my blank blank player on my board i'm like okay but you know training camp's been going on for a little while now i haven't heard this guy's name at all so i was like you know what i'm not spending an hour plus watching this guy's film if he might not even make the roster yeah, I, I and for Wills Willis over over Luvu, I just I'm pretty sure Wills got more playing time over Luvu, so I, I think they're gonna keep him. Uh, again, I don't really love either guy there. I could definitely um, see you being right with that. Uh, middle linebacker, this is a hard one again. Um, Williamson, uh, Peanut. I know he's injured for like two to five weeks. Again, this is a, Peanut's a guy I'm a little bit lower on. I think than fans are. I don't think he's a starting linebacker. I think he's like a role reserve type guy, um, a guy you can ask to the blitz a little bit maybe play man on a tight end but uh i'm not i think he's pretty raw in terms of like his his instincts and things like that reading um blocking schemes but i have him making it i have cashman i have hewitt i have bird uh bird just not making it though i i have four uh burgess didn't make it last year initially once they had injuries mm-hmm. they brought him back um and i like burgess i thought he was gonna make the initial roster but he played but he a lot so though maybe they didn't love him a lot he, I know, they, play a lot, but, but was that was that out of necessity or because Cashman was down, Hewitt was down, Williamson was they, down, Mosley was down? Yeah, <laughs> you do need a middle linebacker. I know you're gonna say play yeah. nickel, but you still need. Yeah, something. I know, but you could have brought in another guy though. Or yeah, something else I want to I, I want to talk about too. Again, this is the new stream for some people, but like for some of the GM stuff that people discuss, I think is bullshit. 
in terms of just kind of calling. Oh, I got something I got to say too. You say what you're going to say first, but please remind, no, 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 you, you go first. That's rude of me, but I have to say something. (laughs) Okay. It's been on my mind for a while. I don't like the people who just assume that like Robbie Anderson, Robbie Anderson's the big thing. Oh, they, you know, he got $12 million from the Panthers. They should have signed him for $12 million. Who says the Jets didn't try to sign him for $12 million? Who says the Jets didn't try to sign him for 12.5? Who tried to say, who, who says the Jets didn't sign, try to sign him for 13? He could have, he could have came into the Jets office and said, fuck you guys. I don't want to play with you. I don't like Adam Gase. I want to play with Matt Rule in Carolina. I'm not signing here, but people act like it's Madden. If you sign him to 12.5 instead of 12 over the Panthers, he's going to sign with us. There's a lot of things that go into play. There's, you know, teams don't automatically sign the team who's the highest bidder. So I hate when people talk in absolutes who criticizes the Jets. And I'll criticize the Jets for a lot of things, but, oh, the Jets really should have brought back Rob Anderson for $12 million. Who says they didn't try to? So I hate the people who talk in absolutes like that, saying they should have signed this guy, they should have signed that guy, you know, Glasgow or Conklin. Conklin could have got a phone call from Joe Douglas and said, no, I'm not playing with the Jets no matter what. I don't want to play there. You, you never know. So don't talk in absolutes about what happens in the front office. That's my one recommendation to people. I get you can, you can, you can verbalize that by saying if the Jets didn't offer Robbie Anderson $12 million and that's dumb, but to say, Oh, you know what? They didn't do it. They, they, they fucking suck. That's not how it goes. That's, the, that's not how front offices work. And I, me and Marcus talk about this all the time and he, and he agrees with me on that stuff that a lot of fans assume they know what's going on behind the scenes and they don't. So uh, I think there's a guys he might have tried to sign or trade for whatever that just didn't work out and we don't really know about. So I, I, I think that's something to mention. Yeah, I think that's a good point. And it kind of ties into what I want to talk about too. The one thing that's been driving me nuts is everybody criticizing Adam Gase for all these injuries. Like, what is Adam Gase doing that made, made C.J. Mosley tear his groin last year? Or made a player run into Greg Avery Williamson. Williamson. He put him in Tampa too. He put him and, in Tampa and, too. He made Avery Williamson tear his ACL. I mean, like, people are acting like Gase is, like, practicing these guys. Like, people are acting like Gase is going full contact every practice, and he's doing three-a-days with them, and he's not giving them proper nutrition or whatever. Like, how is this shit in his control in any way, shape, or form? If anything... I think Gase has been very, 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 very careful with players. Like, oh, this guy's got a little bit of tightness in his hamstring. Let's sit him for a long period of time. We don't – like, I think he's been super cautious. He's dealt with a lot of injuries over his year. Okay, Ryan Tannehill missed a lot of games in in his – under his tenure with Adam Gase. Fucking Calais Campbell hit him when his fucking leg was, you know, (laughs) isolated. Is that Adam Gase's fault? Right? I mean, come on. Like – yeah. I don't understand some of this shit. Um, so, like, going to the point, like, so a lot of people are, you know, are criticizing Joe Douglas right now for what he didn't do with the receiver room. And I do admit that he could have done more. You know, now people are saying, oh, he mm-hmm. should have drafted Brian Edwards instead of Zuniga. Okay, that's fair. Anyway, it's not like the Jets didn't try to do anything at the receiver position. Like I said at the beginning of the show, you were never going to sign Robbie and Perriman both. You were never going to do that, okay? Yeah. It was one or the other. You got Perriman, who personally I think has a lot more upside. Will he be as good as Robbie here? I can't say that for sure, but I do think if he stays healthy, he will be better. I, I personally think that. Okay, and then you, you drafted Mims with a high pick too. So to act like he hasn't tried to put in it, – now it's unfortunate that both those guys got a little banged up for parts of training camp. That's not Adam Gase's fault, 
And that's not mm-hmm. Joe Douglas's fault either. Because if you had Robbie Anderson, it, let's say Douglas signed Robbie Anderson and Robbie Anderson got hurt in camp, are you then going to say, oh, well, Joe Douglas didn't do enough to bring in? Like, players get hurt. Players get hurt. It's not like, yeah. I mean, could he have done more? Yes. But, part, but see, people are kind of like changing the narrative now saying he did nothing at the receiver position. No, you guys are criticizing him a lot now because players got hurt. So just, to, I guess, to continue the, I guess, the rant or whatever. Um, yeah, the, the things that bother me the most are the, are the absolutes in terms of like the GM stuff. Like, oh, they should have signed this guy for this much money when you don't know what happened behind the scenes again. They could have hung up the phone on Joe Douglas. The injury thing. I think it's more on the trainers, you know, is it, are the guys not stretching? Are they not warming up? Are they doing static stretches um, before practice? You're not supposed to be statically stretching um, before practice, uh, which reach for your toes and hold it for 10 seconds, whatever. Like you don't want to do those. You want to do more of like flutter kicks and things like, or not dynamic, yeah, dynamic stretches. Yeah. yeah, Dynamic stretches versus static stretches before practice, you know, like kicking your ass, like when you're running, doing that little thing or whatever, like lunges, like that type of stuff. So like, who is it? I don't know, but the problem is it has followed Gase around a little bit so i'm not sure exactly what's happening maybe it's bad luck but like you said mosley was hurt because he's playing tampa two and he matched a receiver and tore his groin you have williamson was a freak accident like it's it's not gase is not putting those guys like i guess he technically is putting those guys in those positions but you know what i'm saying it's not like he's running three days con- a full contact head to head and stuff like that but um that and then like i said uh there's something else that that i that i wanted to comment on i, I just recommend again watching more film hopefully sticking on this channel and, and learning about some stuff, uh, watching the film instead of just saying, oh, well, you know, he had two interceptions this game, a bad game for Darnold. And when one of them was a great read and the re- receiver cut the wrong way in a jerk route and the other one, it hit, it hit Perryman in, in the chest and he dropped it. Like, you got to look at that stuff. So I, I always um, advise to look at film over stats because I think stats are trash, to be completely honest. So, but moving on from that, Joe, you should ask um, Robbie about how the Jets are warming up in terms of stretching and stuff. I think he's in here, Robbie. Comment on the on the. Uh, I don't, but is it different than anything we've seen before? I don't. I don't know. Start taking notes of that, Robbie. We want to know. We 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 demand answers. Damn it. So, um, yeah, six on the defensive line, outside linebackers. I have four middle linebackers. I have four. Did you did you do the same, Williamson, Peanut, Cash, and Hewitt, and Burgess? Did you do five? I had Burgess. Yeah. So like, so I have one more with the linebacker. And you had one more with the offensive line. So that's one difference that we've had. Fight the establishment, Joe. Boycott the stats. John Snow, you must be new to this channel, my friend. <laughs> Trust me. I fight the stats quite often. I shit on them all the time, even though I love Michael Nania. Uh, see, Isn't John Snow a Game of Thrones character? I'm disappointed you even have to ask that. To be I, never wa- I never watched it. You should be happy that I even know that, even though I never watched the show. I'm, I'm disappointed you never watched the greatest show ever. Sorry. Um, I'm going to get you off. I heard there's too bit. many penises in that show. I'm not really down to see all that. Too many penises. There's like, there's like, you. So I watched South Park. I didn't, and I didn't necessarily, t- I, didn't, I didn't necessarily tally the penises uh-huh. in that show, but I think there was only two or three. <laughs> Listen, I watched South Park, man. And they clown the shit out of Game of Thrones and George R.R. R. Martin. And like, there's like an episode where they go to George R.R. R. Martin's house and he's got like all these statues and stuff with a bunch of penises around because apparently... He- I, I, I think there's only two or three. And it, if so, the ratio from that to the better half of what I like, prefer- again, I don't care about your preferences, but my preferences is the opposite. And uh, there's like 95% more of that stuff. So that's the positive. So if you can take the ratio... Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, and if somebody says read the books, Kyle, they're better. Yeah, I, I agree. 
um, the books are, are better. Books are always better. There's so much more detail in, in books. Did you read but, the books? No, I should though. But uh, Game of Thrones is fantastic. I don't know if you like it's. It's a little bit of fantasy. Like, oh, I, prob- they have dragons I probably and would actually be entertained. And, I probably and would. ice and ice walkers, but it's it's very it's very few and far between. You see that shit, so it's it's a really really good show. And it's like one of those shows where if you like if you don't pay attention for five minutes, there's probably forty thousand characters in that show. So I, I like that show. I, I like. I heard I like the ending that, was really uh, bad. The last season, just don't watch it and then write your own ending. Cause, cause I like, like, go ahead. Sorry. They changed it from like the, the people who used to write it or whatever. And then like the HBO took it over or something like that. And then it was just, it was just really rushed. Uh, Breaking Bad. Yeah. I see that too. Again, if you guys want to ask stupid questions, ask stupid questions. I'm, I'm fine with doing that too. I want you guys. Yeah. To I, I have that. I have that show on the list. I'll probably watch that at some point. I like House of Cards and I hated the last season. The last season sucked. You know, I was like, I Kevin, watched like Kevin Spacey Anarchy, was too busy, you know, flying around with Epstein and stuff. And they had to fire him from the show. It sucked after he left though. He's a good actor. And obviously like the office and stuff like that. I, I like, I like a lot of, there's a lot of TV I watch, especially we talked about it before. We were both security guards and there was time that I was on a post for eight hours sitting in a desk doing nothing. I watched plenty of TV shows when I was, when I was doing that and studying football stuff. But, uh, to go on, we'll, we'll do some stupid questions maybe later. If you guys want to send some stupid stuff, uh, let, let, Put him in there. What do you think of our old GM, Mike, Mikey Mack? He, he sucked. He didn't, he, he didn't evaluate the right talent. <laughs> like he, he, he emphasized position. Like he didn't draft any offensive linemen ever. Like he, and he, just, he continually got fleeced in free agency. He overpaid for guys all the time. Somebody's you know, about to do reasons he, he, why he made that mistake. Island. <laughs> he made the mistake consistently of thinking that his team was ready to contend when it wasn't. Yeah. You don't spend big in free agency. Year, but it wasn't, but it wasn't smart. Rex Ryan or Adam Gase it, uh, at the pinnacle, Rex Ryan. But Adam Gase – oh, that's the other thing I want to talk about. Good. Go back and watch the Adam Gase show that I did with a former NFL DB. His concepts are good. My problem with Adam Gase X's and O's wise is he goes away from concepts. He tries to make a ton of concepts work instead of building on concepts where McVay and a lot of the smart coaches will build off of concepts like yeah. um, play action boots off of outside stretch zone with the – with the Niners, with the Rams, they do that a lot, and they build upon it, add new wrinkles. You adjust to this, they add in this to throw you off. Where Gase just tries to run a, a ton of different stuff and doesn't build on it. But yeah. there was plays in there that we showed, and I showed it to Marcus, and he's like, dude, he's like, I see this play. I don't know how, how I would defend this, even if I see this play before. I don't know how I would defend this. So he has good – he's smart, but he tries to outsmart himself, and then the problem really comes off the field. Off of the field is the problem where I don't think he's a leader where I, need, I think you need to be a leader, but – for the people who criticized Gates in the field last year, I want to see any coach, any coach, I don't care if it's Bill Belichick, be successful with the worst offensive line in the league with Luke Falk, who in college was a bad quarterback because he couldn't face pressure. <laughs> like, how, how do you, how oh, do you play that? So, so people criticize Gates unfairly. I'm not, I'm not a Gates stan, but to say he's Rich Cotet, I think is bullshit, to be completely honest. I think he's better than some people think he is. I'm not saying he's, he's God or he's, he's not you know, one of these good coaches yet, but I think he has the – the smarts to be, but a lot of people all oh, last year, oh, they need to throw the ball more deep or they need to, to, to run more 10 personnel and spread it out. Well, then they have the movement to block and now Donald gets rocked even harder and quicker. It's like, it's, it's, he's criticized unfairly, but again, I'm not a biggest fan of him. He's not who I wanted to sign. I, I don't necessarily want him here long-term, but still I will stand up for him at least a little bit. Yeah. Another thing that frustrates me about Gase is that he is very stubborn and he wants to do what he wants to do. Yes. And he, he will do it even though he doesn't have necessarily the personnel to run that effectively, um, which annoys me because if you're a good coach, you're going to switch up their scheme a lot. 
I can rest assure you Belichick is going to switch up the Patriots offense. It's going to look quite different than it has in yeah. the previous 20 years with Brady. But that's what Belichick has done. He's continued to reinvent himself. I yeah. do feel like if you give Adam Gase some good personnel, you will see a, a pretty effective offense again. Listen, he brought the, the Dolphins to the playoffs at 10-6 and six and didn't have that good of a roster. The Jets last year were 7-9 and nine with a terrible roster without their starting quarterback for three or four games, whatever it was. He's always been like a 7-9 type coach. With ter- like The Dolphins were never good those years, and he's always had them like 7-9, and 8-8. Nine, eight and, eight. and that's with half of those games. I think like three of the years. I think I think Tannehill played in like, like literally half of the games. Yeah, it was so, something again, like that. Again, and, and I think it might be one game over half that he played. So he played, like, let's say it was 100 games, which is – that's obviously way too much. But I think it was, like, 51 to 49. So he didn't have a starting quarterback for, like, half the games, and he made a bad roster decent. Now, again, I'm not standing for Adam Gase, but for the people who – trust me, there's plenty of talk shows you can go listen to. Oh, the guy's fucking terrible. You should have brought in a new coach and all this stuff. And, listen, again, I didn't want to sign him, but to criticize him for last year, I don't think anybody would have beat the – like, beat the 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 Bills – on the Bills, the – uh the, the Browns or the Eagles with Luke Falk with that, with that offensive line with all the injuries. The Jets were the most injured team in the NFL by far last year, and that's even without Mosley on the R, IR counting against it because he was still on the roster. So they had like $84 million uh, of players on the uh, IR without Mosley. So they were injured a ridiculous amount with their backup quarterback behind oh, yeah, but, but the Blake worst Cash- offensive Blake Cashman's shoulder that he had problems with for years in college, that's Adam Gase's fault, right? Um, fat Rex versus Skinny Rex. Yeah, Fat Rex is definitely better than Skinny Rex for sure. Um, I think he's a better coach. He's fat again. He I, got I, his lap. He got his lap band reversed. Did he? Yeah. I guess he was getting too tired of not eating enough. Um, okay, so moving on. Uh, safety. I have uh, Marcus May, McDougald, Davis, and Mateus Farley as my four. I don't know shit about him, so he didn't make my roster. I have. Uh, with safeties, I got Davis, May, McDougald, and Bennett Jackson because he also plays special teams. Okay. And by the yeah, way, so. I'm actually pretty good buddies with his trainer. Oh, well, good for you, Kyle. <laughs> his, trainer, <laughs> his trainer also trains uh, Shalik Calhoun, who's on the Patriots now. Yeah. Yeah, Shalik, uh, he played like right down the road from me. He was a, he was a savage uh, in high school. Oh, yeah? What, what yeah, high school did he go to? He went to North. I went to modern day. It was literally right down North? There. Yeah, yeah. It was literally you could. It was literally a, a two minute run, one minute car ride from his high school. So. I know some. I know someone who played at Middletown North. Do you know Paul Muller? Yeah. No. Okay. Um, Ashton is better than McDougald? Question mark. No, not right now. Can he be no. better than McDougald? Sure, but McDougald is a decent starting safety. His Ashton man is coverage is good. McDougald's man coverage is good. He Somebody really. Kyle, Kyle with the with the clout drop. <laughs> what? Um, I don't like clout drop. I guess he's like your your your. Uh, oh, because I trust that. I don't know. Because uh, I well, no, because I called out Jon Snow's name. I, is that why? Oh uh, well, he already doesn't like you for not watching Game of Thrones, which I like you less today than I did yesterday as well. Um. So yeah, uh, McDougal, he is good at man. Like he, they, the Jets have a really interesting room of DBs, and I I feel like they could carry three safeties because Poole played some safety last year. Um. You have uh, Wilson who could play in hook zones. He could play a safety type role too in the box. So they might carry three corner, uh, three safeties and carry seven DBs. So it's pretty, it's pretty interesting. Uh, hey Joe, my mother was the first graduating class of modern day. You go, brother. Yeah, I went to I went to modern day, which is now modern day prep. Which and now they can recruit football players. And now the football team is a hundred percent better. But like I said, my senior year, we almost got our football team canceled. There was like twenty six guys who played both sides of the ball. Private yeah, school. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
I was talking about him saying he knew Ben Jackson's trainer. Yeah, I get it. Uh, so, yeah, I like. I think Farley's okay, but corners. I have seven: uh, Pool, Desir, Austin, Mallet, Hall, Harrison, Wilson. Um, interesting position. I think Lamar Jackson is again another guy who's hyped up because he has the same name as the other Lamar Jackson, the better Lamar Jackson. What a dumb reason. And to hype and and know what I figured out too. A lot of these mock drafts that you saw it was always the Jets needing corners and he was always available in the sixth round. He was in name recognition. Oh, from Nebraska. Okay. Lamar Jackson. I'm going to take him. He sucked. I watched his film. I don't like him at all uh, to be completely honest. So he's not making the roster. I think Guidry might make it as a backup slot guy. Uh, I didn't break down his film. He looked like a guy who's really traitsy, but apparently he's impressing. So I think he has the best chance to make the roster out of those two undrafted guys. But like I said, pool to Austin as your three starters in the nickel with uh, Hall, Harrison, Wilson, and Mallette. And Harrison and Wilson, they both trade, got traded for picks. Uh, Harrison did Harrison, pretty well against the Browns. He didn't, or not, but, not pretty the pick didn't end up going through because Harrison didn't uh, meet up to the conditions. I guess he didn't play enough. Harrison, Harrison, looked, Harrison looked pretty good early on, but he was kind of bad towards the end of the season. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, maybe so maybe he doesn't make it and Gadry does, but I, I would I, I'm pretty confident with Wilson because he's he's versatile. I think you're wrong. Paul's gonna make it. You're wrong. This kid uh, Zane. This kid Zane Lewis is gonna make it. Yeah. Who the Listen, hell is Zane Lewis? They just added him because uh, someone cut him. I forget which team cut him. The Cardinals, I think. Was this when you, today? When you when you it was like yesterday. When you add a kid that late, he missed basically all a training camp. Oh. Okay, you're adding a kid that late. You know he's going to make the roster. Sure, I guess. It, I haven't watched. I haven't watched his tape. Didn't they just, did just add the running back Pete Guerrero again? He, he's getting cut. I don't. I don't know. But they might just add him. Okay, like just for their end of camp until they have to make the final cuts and then just, uh, you know, put him on the practice yeah. squad or whatever. Okay. Yeah. So I so I have seven there. Um, I'm definitely confident in Pool to see Austin Mallette. Hall, I think those five are pretty much locked. I think Wilson's pretty close to a lock as well. Harrison might be the, on the outs uh, for a guy like Guidry, but that's the seven. So that's I have 25 on offense, 25 on defense. Special teams, I think we are both going to agree it's Fick and Man Hennessy, even though I don't understand why Goskowski or uh, Hauschka haven't been brought in. Frickin Sam Fickin's terrible, so I don't, I don't get it. One thing about Hauschka is um... – he doesn't really have a long leg. He's not going to really kick you far kicks, if I remember correctly. I've, I'm fine with that. You know, you have Ficken who can't make a 25-yard field goal consistently. Which, truthfully, I, I don't mind, like, sometimes going for it on fourth down. Like, if you're, you know, like on the 35 or the 40. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't mind that. So, um, yeah, I'm not a fan of Ficken at all. At all. Oh, shit. Hold on. We have a uh... – our first, our first caller. I'm, I'm excited for this. Uh, I just, I just clicked on it. Sorry, you've been waiting for nine minutes. I haven't seen you, but we did just see the 53 man roster. Um, so I'll bring you on in two seconds. Um, but that's it. Yeah, that's it. So that's uh, 25, 25, three. Yeah, 53. So that's, that's my roster. Um, and then we'll talk some other topics. If you guys want to ask some more questions in the uh, chat, we will answer them because we don't have any more topics. So as soon as we run out of topics, I will click off. Even though we will be getting off by probably nine the latest, if we if we uh, even if we have some topics, I don't want to get too long because a three hour show is long enough. Um, autos. Uh, so the way the call in thing reads it is Graham surprising Jet uh, wins, so probably wins and maybe a little bit of Game of Thrones thrashing. Um, let's see, let's see. Uh, caller, can you hear me? Hey, what's up? 
Yep. What's up, man? The, the first caller ever of uh, Jets X Factor. Uh, welcome on, man. Appreciate you calling in. Yeah, I wanted to break the seal. I saw you guys asking, hey, someone call in? So I was like, all right, let's do it. Let's get in. But, I appreciate uh, that a lot, Yeah, man. basically, uh, uh, and before what you guys were talking about with Gase, uh, I agree completely. I was actually uh, confident about the hire at first because I thought he made a lot out of nothing. I was very disappointed with what he did last year. Like you said, I thought he was very stubborn, uh, didn't put his players in a position to succeed, and he came out and said that himself. So uh, we'll see how this goes this year. Um, as far as the two surprising wins, wins. Okay. Buffalo. Week one? Buffalo is getting all hype. They're being touted as the best defense in the NFL this year, The one of the best defenses last year. They have a culture of losing in big moments and just utterly disappointing their Playoffs fans. last year. I'm going to say, yeah, it's very true. Very true. They finally did it. They finally were No, I'm the saying they choked in that playoff you. game. Like you said, like I'm agreeing with you. Like they had that, they had that playoff game oh, fucking okay. locked up and they blew it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, betting against Dallas and the Bills in big games, is, is you could be a millionaire doing that because they always choke for whatever reason. And so with all this hype coming into game one, they're going to blow it against the Jets and their fan base is going to be throwing people through tables just like they did a couple years ago. And uh, the other big one is we're going to get our revenge on Seattle and we're going to help push that pick into the low 15 range. Seattle, I think, is going to have some trouble this year. They've got no running game. The offensive line got worse. Hopefully what you saw in Fant and his improvement, hopefully they lost a good one. And on top of that, yeah, they added Adams, but they added Adams to a defense that was average. Is that right? And that NFC West is disgusting. That, that The schedule they have is disgusting. They have, I think, the Falcons, the Niners, the Eagles, the Cowboys, the Patriots. And the NFC West is so disgusting that I could easily see the Seahawks falling to seven wins and totally disappointing everybody. And I think the Jets are going to get that win over them too. Those are my surprising wins. Kyle, what do you think about the comment about Adam Gase? I know, you know the caller brought up in Graham. Like I said, I appreciate you, you breaking the seal there and bringing the first caller. Hopefully you're calling again uh, the, the next show. So I definitely appreciate it. Kyle, what do you think about the, uh, the Adam Gase thing? I'll keep you on, uh, Graham, so you can, you can comment back if you want. But I mean, uh, Graham basically agreed with my point, that uh, talking about him being stubborn. Yeah. But I, I do think his offensive concepts are pretty good. Um, and, and another example to just highlight how stubborn he was is Darnold had to tell him like, Hey, listen, I'm not so comfortable with this concept, this concept, and this concept. I'd rather do some of this type of stuff. And then the offense did get a little bit better after they had that conversation. I, my or question is why didn't that happen in training camp? Because like, Adam why is that Gase, he is extremely arrogant. He's extremely arrogant and thinks that he yeah. knows best, but truthfully a, a really good coach is like, okay, yeah, I know a lot of shit and I know more than you, but I got to know what you're comfortable with to help put you in a position where you're best going to succeed. That's really the mark of a good coach. So he, he struggles a little bit in that area. Yeah. I, like I said, I just, I just think for Adam Gase, um, obviously we can criticize him for the leadership and I, I want my coach first and foremost to be that leader. Um, so that's the big problem with, with me and Adam Gase or with me and Adam Gase. I, I don't know him personally, but 
uh, for me about Adam Gase, I guess I should say. Um, and I, like I said, I think the route, con- the, the concepts, the routes, the route concepts that he runs are smart. I just think that again, he doesn't build on concepts. He tries out smart himself, you know, in situations where he should run like third and one, he tries to pass the ball out smart the defense or situations where he should, uh, pass the ball. He tries to run and outsmart the defense, the, uh, the defense. So I think he just needs to be a little bit more basic with his stuff and build on concepts, but I just don't think he's a leader of men. So that's a problem. We've seen it and we saw it in Miami, we saw it with the jets. So. Um, you know, I think that's the problem. But in terms of the, the on-the-field stuff last year, again, the, one of the worst offensive lines with one of the worst quarterbacks, the worst quarterback in the league starting, uh, it's going to be pretty hard to overcome with, you know, Herndon out and Griffin not signed yet. Or uh, I think Griffin was on like week four, whatever it was. Uh, with Robbie Anderson, who is a deep threat. But guess what? When you can't take a five-step drop because there's like a defensive tackle in your face, guess, guess what a deep threat's going to do? Absolutely nothing. So they're in a really hard position. In terms of surprising wins, uh, the Buffalo thing, so I actually, I like Buffalo's team a lot. I like their coaching a lot, but uh, obviously they choked in the playoffs last year. And I think that Josh Allen is largely overrated. So I, I think they're going to be a decent Hugely team. Hugely overrated. I don't, I don't think they're ever going to go far in the playoffs because their quarterback sucks. You know, it, it is what it is. So I think if you put, if you put Donald on the bills last year, um, they may make it to the conference championship or, or even far. Like imagine, imagine Donald on the 2019 or, or even in the 2015 team, Donald would have, I think, lit up some of those years. So um, I, I agree with the bills. Uh, and listen, this is the first year where they're the lead dog now, you know, it's not the Patriots anymore. Everybody's Buffalo, Buffalo, Buffalo. So can they handle that? So I definitely agree with the caller there. And then Seattle, I'm just hoping that Russell Wilson has, you know, he has a new baby. So maybe he opts out because of COVID, <laughs> you know, He's I don't know not about opting something. out. I know, I know. I, I hopefully, hopefully, all you know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know about seven wins because I just think Russell Wilson's too damn good. But obviously, that you know, I and he don't never misses them. a game either. I don't see them as a as a eleven win team either. I think they're going to be like a nine ten win team just because of how good Russell Wilson is. Because I think he's obviously the, the second best quarterback in the league. So that's I don't think they, I don't think they ever had a losing record in the eight nine years that he's been there. I think their worst might have been eight and eight or nine and seven. Yeah. Which was yeah, the okay. one year so, uh, they missed the playoffs that one year we traded uh, Sheldon to them. Yeah. Okay, but they cool. barely, they uh, barely missed the playoffs. Else so. to, uh, do you have anything else to add? Do you want to, do you want to promote your, your Twitter or your YouTube or whatever you have out there? I don't know if you have anything out there, but if not, I definitely appreciate you calling in. I figured I'd do uh, one more little thing. Cause I loved that you brought up that gay story where he sat with Darnold and Donald said, listen, we got to change the playbook. Here's what I'm comfortable with. I felt like as I was reading that, that it was PRBS and that they were gunning for like almost like a Disney moment. Like, oh, yeah, he came to me. And then we, we turned the season around. And, you know, to your point, coaches got to figure that shit out in training camp. What, what the hell is going on? So hopefully this year, Gase has learned a little bit of a lesson. And hopefully they start with this massive mountain of an offensive line i think they're the third biggest line in the league and um, maybe with wesco at fullback you just start hammering teams which nobody really does anymore with a fullback but uh hey the patriots did it with klecko a couple of years ago so that's it uh i guess you can follow me on my youtube channel gwell66 i do a bunch of analysis videos anime and uh maybe football soon and that's it Thanks, awesome, guys. man. I, uh, yeah, Graham, I really appreciate the call. Definitely, uh, definitely call back in the future. I, I, like I said, I appreciate the support. Yep, take it easy. Take care, Graham. Uh, drop it. Did I do it right? Cool. Yeah, so look at that. Graham called in the first, the first caller ever of Jets X Factor uh, live. 
uh, I guess we can call this or Blue It Splits Live, I guess. It's, it's, it's Jets X Factor, but it's Blue It Splits Live. So definitely appreciate that. Uh, I don't know. Let's see. I don't think anybody else has called in. But, hey, I'm fine with uh, 80 plus viewers and a, and a call. And like I said, we'll keep building this. So I really appreciate everybody who's, uh, who's supporting the channel right now. Right now. We're going to continue to do this in the By future. By the way, if I can say uh, something about the Bills, I really like John Brown. <laughs> The receiver, John Brown, he's good. Yeah, and yeah. He, he he's underrated. Um, he doesn't get enough credit around the league. And they added so. Diggs. That's that's the thing. Like the difference between that team and and Darnold. Darnold is they have they have Brown. They have Be. I, I I would I would take Crowd over over Beasley. Um, but they still have Beasley. They have a legit number one. The Jets don't have that. They have um a good offensive line and i think they have uh well i think the jets have decent coaching too but i, I think mcdermott's a better leader of men and things like that i think he's a better over overseer of the whole team um and leads that team better than, than gase does so uh they're a good sure. team they're a well-coached team they're a simple defense but they're really strict in the rules of their defense and they don't blow assignments uh, very frequently so you have to they don't they, they bend but they don't break type of team so uh they're really disciplined um Josh Allen adds the the threat of his leg but or his legs but he's just not a good quarterback in terms of the actual process like yeah you can have arm strength all day long but it, it, you need to process things processing is the number one thing processing and accuracy and he doesn't necessarily have either one of those um so I'm not high on him and it's not I'm not just shitting on the bills because it's the bills like, again honest opinions but like I said I appreciate all the support for the show and I'm, I'm not hanging up yet but uh um first one and again we're going this is more of a talk show type deal but we kind of want to do a talk show um, with opinions that are based in film, not just stats and the old, old, same old recycled shit you see out there. So not to call anybody else out, but to call people, other people out. So um, other than that, let's see. What's, I don't know what's going on in the chat. Something we talked about yesterday. Somebody's about to shit on, I think somebody's about to shit on Long Island and say why New Jersey is better than Long Island. I saw that in the chat. I don't want to scroll up. I don't want to start a fight. Um, but New Jersey is better than Long Island, uh, in, my, in my opinion. So Kyle, you're from North Jersey, right? You're no. up north? No, I live in Edison from South okay. Plainfield. Is, is Central Jersey a thing? This is a discussion I had last night on another, on another live stream. People around here really say that it is. So. It is a thing. I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, like, whatever. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't mind using that, that term. The people from north are the people who come down to central Jersey and ruin my summer. And then the people from the south are basically from Philly and Philly fans and call subs hoagies and all that stuff. Um, I don't do any of that shit. Do you call pork roll pork roll? Um, inter- I would say it's interchangeable around here. People might say pork roll or some people might say bacon, egg or whatever. It goes both Taylor, ways. Well, people say Taylor ham, but Taylor ham is People the, say that too. It's not uncommon for people brand. to say both. It's the brand. The product is the pork roll. There's different brands of pork roll. Taylor yeah. ham is not, it, it's not, it, it's not a monopoly on pork roll. So, uh, John Snow is not Taylor ham. There's different, there's different brands of pork roll. So what do you call, what do you call like a freaking? Uh, I don't know. What's another brand of pork roll that you have out there? Uh, what is uh, food town pork roll? Like there's, you're asking the wrong person. I don't roll. eat pork. Uh, oh shit. You don't. Yeah. You're not the right person to ask this. <laughs> Um, Bills have a better team, but the Jets have more important piece that they don't have. Yeah, I agree with that, TJ. They, I, I'm taking Donald over over Josh Allen every single day of the week. Somebody asked, how would you line up the Jets versus the Bills in matchups? O line versus D line, wide receiver versus corner, linebacker versus running back, tight end. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what you mean with that. To be honest, 
I think he's asking, like, is the Bills' offensive line better them? than the Jets? Is is that what he's asking? Like, would you say that the Bills' offensive line is better than no, the Jets? No, he's saying, like, O-line versus D-line. Like, how do you – how would you line up the Jets versus the Bills in matchups, offensive line versus defensive line, wide receiver versus corner? Uh, I don't – I don't – we have to go through the Bills' roster and say what we could do versus them and, and schemes that work against them. That's something that – that's a film show that I, that I could do when they play the Bills and see what matchups we won. Uh, I know for the receiver versus corners, I know you want to do – uh, I'm going to say a lot of rub routes and pick routes because you don't, you don't necessarily want Trey White lining up against anybody because I think he's the second or third best, fourth, fifth, whatever, best corner in the NFL. So I was really hoping he was going to opt out. So. Yeah, so was I when I was seeing that. Yeah, yeah. linebacker versus running back, tight end. Uh, we'll, we'll get, I'll, I'll get into this when we do the actual show. I don't want to get into a whole Bills matchup. Oh, who wins the matchups? Who are better? Okay, who's better? The, the Jets offensive line, the Bills defensive line type deal? Uh... The Bills, they got Epinesa, they got Oliver. Um, they got a good front. I know they have a pretty good front. I, I'm gonna ta- I'm gonna take the Bills defensive line strictly because not even necessarily talent individually, but because they've been coached and they've been on the same defensive line for years they're, now. They're they're decline. I mean, well, Oliver's gonna get better, and Epinesa's young and fresh. Whatever. I don't I don't think he's that great. Truthfully, yeah. like. How how much better is Epinesa going to eventually be as a player than some of these guys that we got on our team? Like, is Epinesa going to be that much better than, like, a Nathan Shepard? Is Epinesa going to be that much better than, like, a Kyle Phillips? I mean, yeah. probably not that much better. Is this what I'm thinking? Like, he's he's going to be a limited player. Like, I don't know. I, he, there's a reason why he fell to the second round. But, um, you know, Jerry Hughes is kind of on the back end of his career. They lost Lorenzo Alexander, Kyle Williams. Kyle Williams was Mm -hmm. so good for such a long time. Yeah, he was. Super underrated player throughout his career. So, you know, I mean, I wouldn't say that the Bills have a dominant defensive line at this point in time. They're just solid all the way around. I'm I'm still taking their defensive line over the Jets' offensive line. Yeah, the Bills, I mean, the Bills, they're well coached on defense, but they just, they're, they're, they're stacked at all levels of the defense. They got good corners, really good safeties. Uh, Matt Milano is a player who isn't talked about enough throughout league circles who I really like. And then Let's Tremaine this, Edmonds. Though, because, because I, I, sorry, I think, I think they're, I think their corners are receivers because their corners are really disciplined. Trey white is one of the best corners in the NFL. They, and he can play anywhere too. Uh, you know. You can, I think play, you can line up in, in a lot of positions. In what in what matchup, let's say, do the Jets beat the Bills? Like, where do they have the advantage on the on the Bills? Would you say? Because I think the Bills do beat the Jets a lot. Because the the Jets are the Bills of like last year, maybe. Well, they're kind of going in the same direction. Like, build heavy on the offensive line, uh, bring in some more weapons for Sam. They got to build more, but the Bills are farther along, in my opinion. So, where do the Jets win against the Bills? Do you think? I, I say they're. I say for sure the Jets' defensive line versus anybody's offense, or mostly anybody's offensive line. The Jets, the Jets win. I would say that. Yeah, um, that's fair. And I, I, I don't say. Think the, and you said the Bills have a good offensive line. I think it's decent. I, I'll say this. Yeah, yeah, it's decent. They made a tremendous turnaround in one year. Like Josh Allen's yeah. rookie year, they were really, really bad, and they added a ton of pieces. But if you look, they don't have any great players on the offense line. Even Deion Dawkins, who just got a nice four-year contract, it's like, it's like, you know, he didn't even get top tackle money. There's still like maybe like ten or so guys that are still getting paid more money than him, even though he's the latest guy to get paid. So like, it's not like he's a leader. Like Becton could be an elite left tackle. I don't think yeah. Dawkins ever gets there. You know what I'm saying? No. Uh, so. 
like you could argue that the Jets have more potential on their offensive line than do the Bills. Um, but um, I like the Jets' tight ends better. I think their tight ends versus the linebackers can win. Um, in in that matchup, I I obviously Herndon if he continues to build. People, <clears throat> um, I don't know how much you watched of Dawson Knox, their Bills fourth round pick from a year ago, but. Some Bills fans are, are high on him. I haven't watched enough of him to, to really be able to say, but uh, they, they like him. Somebody else asking again. We'll, we'll, say, we'll stay live for another like 20 minutes-ish. Uh, what positions after O-line would you target early in the next draft? Um, so if it's not offensive line, I, it's, it's the major positions of need right now, which is wide receiver to help Darnold out, uh, corner, outside linebacker. Those are the, the big four right now is O-line, receiver, corner, outside linebacker. So it depends on who falls to where um, at what picks. So – those positions are definitely going to be the, the main ones, I would say. Somebody said, I still hate your brother, Kyle. Uh, corny Bills fan. I don't know if you know who Mirror1023 is. Maybe he watched not your by show that. back. I mean, not by that name, but maybe if. The AFC East bro, Kyle himself. They used to do a, a show about the AFC East, him and his brother. And his, his brother is a super cocky Bills fan. I'm not going to lie. I like Gary, but he the, is the, way too cocky. The problem with him is he gets so much pleasure off of shitting on the Jets. Like mm-hmm. he, he lives for that shit. Like he told me yesterday, oh, he pissed me off yesterday. He's like, Mims isn't going to be a good player. And I was like, uh, why? And he's like, he's just not. And I was like, why? Because he had a limited route tree in college. He's like, yeah. I was like, okay, but a lot of players have limited route trees in college. I was like, what don't you like about his film? He literally had no, not one single reason. Yeah, he just he just likes to hate on the Jets. With no I, that's just what he there. does. Like he'll, he'll send out a tweet: Sam Darnold dot 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 garbage. Yeah. Okay, but Josh Allen isn't. Uh, I see somebody else said in here. Uh, you're you are you m u r u two two. I don't know what the hell that's supposed to say. Uh, on what basis is Darnold better than Josh Allen? Also, the Bills made the playoffs last year. Duh. I don't know if that's sarcastic. Uh, but uh, Mark Sanchez let, made the playoffs too. Is Mark Sanchez better than Darnold? You know, uh, hold on. Let's go into all Trent the reasons. Dilfer won a, Trent, Trent Dilfer won a Super Bowl. That means he's better than, than Dan Marino. Uh, Joe Flacco won a Super Bowl. Joe Flacco won a Super Bowl. Uh, Darnold's better at being a quarterback. That's, that's what I'll say. Everything. Processor. I think he has more accuracy. Um, he, he, a lot of, he, no, Josh he, Allen runs no, around. And, he definitely has more accuracy. He, he, all right, listen. He throws it more anticipation than, than – he, like you said he's a he's a better process and let's let's because maybe all your viewers don't understand the difference processing is how quick someone's reading the defense how quickly they're reading the, the cornerback's leverage and the safety's leverage and things like that um throwing with anticipation is basically throwing guys open before they actually are open he does that better than than josh allen like you said he's got more accuracy like you said he's got more touch um even though darnold has a, a he does not have a strong deep ball his deep ball is still better than josh allen's Josh oh, Josh Allen's got this big arm, blah, blah, blah. The dude is one of the worst, if not the worst, deep ball thrower in the whole league. So you tell me, what's the benefit of having such a strong arm and you're not even that accurate? Donald is better in the pocket. And when I say better in the pocket, meaning he's better at sliding in the pocket and, and avoiding pressure. And he's better at um, throwing when somebody's actually in his face. I mean, one of the things that Dan Orlovsky loves to talk about is that Donald can make some sick throws with, with shitty feet. And then let me give you some examples. One of my favorite Donald plays from last year is the Giants game when the Jets are on the one-yard line. You remember? He's got a Giants defender wrapped around his leg. His legs mm-hmm. are totally facing straight. 
yet he slings a ball to Le'Veon Bell on the sideline. You know, you remember that play? I'm trying to think if I have. I don't think I have that one. There was another play where Crowder scores a touchdown in that Giants game where Darnold's feet are like totally sloppy or whatever, and he, he slings it to Crowder on like an over route, and then Crowder runs in for a touchdown. It's like you're not seeing Josh Allen make those types of plays. Like if Josh Allen's feet, feet are messy, he's not going to make an accurate throw. Darnold can do that, although sometimes his messy feet do cause uh, inaccuracy issues. What? Yeah, yeah. He, he has that problem where he steps in the bucket where he doesn't, he's not driving through his, his front foot where the lead foot you really want it driving to the defender um, with your hallway pointed correctly, um, with your front foot pointed correctly, with your midfoot pointed correctly, with your midfoot is your back foot. You want that pointed to where the ball is going. You want your, your front foot driving to where the ball is going. Instead, Darnold kind of steps to the side. And when you step to the side, you're not really creating that upper and lower body disconnection. You want that upper and lower body disconnection because you want your, your upper body to follow your, your hips. So you want your, upper, your, upper, uh, your lower body to step through and then to follow through with that, that upper body to create like a whip-like motion. So like, think about like when, you, when you know, the whip follows it, Donald kind of just throws it where he's all in sync with each other. So he, he has some poor throwing mechanics that you want to see fixed up. And sometimes that leads to inaccurate balls or underthrows and things like that. Or ripping the ball where it's more arm than it is legs yeah. and when it's more arm than it is legs you have a tendency to overthrow because your arm overcompensates for your legs um typically obviously it can be an, an underthrow as well but he has that problem but the, this is i remember always being impressed with this play and then not a lot of people being impressed with it but even though it's not for a first down i think this is like a ridiculous throw that's not talked about like ever but you literally have Darnold who is his, – his throwing arm is getting dragged backwards and he's getting hit in his face and he still gets it on the money to uh, Blau Powell on the sideline. Like I don't know how he makes this play. <laughs> but, um, again, he, he can make some ridiculous throws like off-platform and all the stuff that Josh Allen can't do as consistently even though Josh Allen has a stronger arm. Um, but, but he has that anticipation. Like you said, I think he reads defenses better. He's better overall at quarterback. There's, there's, there's a lot of stuff. Just Josh, Josh Allen is just a much better runner. Team. The only thing I can really oh, say yeah, about Allen it. is he's a much yeah. better runner. But you don't want your quarterback to be a runner. That's how your quarterback gets hurt. Other yeah, than yeah. that, I don't think Josh Allen is better in any one single area. And that's why <laughs> probably zero teams had Allen over Darnold on their board. He says, uh, somebody says, uh, over-under on how many times Josh Allen uh, overthrows a receiver by 10 yards in week one. How many, how many times you take him? Uh, by 10 yards, that's a big overthrow. <laughs> Twice? I'll say once. He'll do it once. Um, okay, we're going to take a caller. Uh, somebody said Bills D, Jets O, Jets D, Bills O. Uh, Jets O, O-line gets it could be different. Bills have the advantage with both. Yeah, I think that I think the, the Bills offense is better than the Jets. Eh, I don't know though because if I think we, the, if we win this game week that, one, actually. we are going to win it because you know Josh Allen made some dumb mistakes. But I think the defense is average, and I think the offense has talent, but it's led by a, a not good quarterback. So how good is their offense really? You know, it's going to be so, a lot. I think it's going to be better this year because you got Diggs now. You're talking. You added a, a really good receiver. Um, okay, I'm gonna add the. I'm gonna bring on the caller, uh, Peter. It says he's calling about live beyond. I, I think that like the, the 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 screening process is not picking up on the correct words. But again, I like it that we can both hear the caller, et cetera. So hopefully this is not like a 
a, a prank call will drop him. So I don't really care because we can curse on this show. It doesn't really mean anything. So if he, oh, we'll say, uh, let's see. Can he, can you hear me caller? I can't hear anything. Um, oh, I think he hung up. Okay. Well, good second call. Good. No, great first call. Bad second call. Um, other than that, let's see if there's anything else in the, in the, in the, uh, chat. We'll, uh, we'll discuss it. If not, we're going to, uh, we're, I think I know how to end this. I think I might, I might forget how to end this though, to be completely honest. So, um, uh, Pete, oh, Pete said he, I tried to call in, but lost it. Pete, you can try again. I know, I know who Peter friend is actually always comments on this stuff. Um, we will win week one may and pool each with a pick. Sure. I, like I said, I, I think the bills have like a better offense all around, um, than the jets defense, but they have the quarterback who I don't think can really lead them properly. So, you know, what's funny is every team is so optimistic. Every team's fan base is so optimistic about their team heading into week one. It's quick how things, how fastly things can change. Like if your team has a bad week one, you're going to see some Jets fans. Okay. You know what? The season's going to suck now, but right now every, every, Every team is hyping up their fan base because every team now has their own version of a one Jets drive, you know. And you just just go on YouTube and watch, look at some of the comments for that show. Oh, this always gets me hyped. Mm-hmm. I think people are no, sleeping on Adam Gates. <laughs> no, like sure. Year, I, Le'Veon I watched Bell, Le'Veon night. Bell and Curtis Martin thing. I'm like, dude, he's got a thousand five hundred yards. Fuck it. It's obviously <laughs> joking, kind of, but yeah, I know it's it's fun. I mean. There's a reason why they pay those videographers and whoever puts together that stuff, the money they do. You know, what was uh, some people are commenting too. uh, the Diggs and Allen relationship is, is interesting um, because if Diggs hated Kirk cousins, who I think I told my dad is terribly average, but if he hits him, what is he going to do when Josh Allen overthrows him by 10 yards when he's streaking wide open on the side, down the sideline? Great point. And let me just let's just be fair. Like Diggs is going to help Allen a lot because Diggs creates lots of separation because he's a really good route runner. So you know Josh Allen, a relatively inaccurate quarterback, he's going to be able to throw in. He doesn't have to throw it in as tight of windows because of that. So Diggs is going to help Allen, but is Allen going to help Diggs? And I think the answer is no. And like you said, yeah, if he's such a crybaby with Kirk Cousins, who is definitely an above-average quarterback, if you ask me, by no way, shape, or form is he a lead or anything, but. I think that he's gotten so much criticism for what he's done in Minnesota, which is unfair criticism. And yeah, yeah. he was unhappy there. Like you have no idea what you're getting yourself into digs. Like you cried your way to get out of Minnesota, which I don't know anything about the city of Minnesota and whether or not it's fun or whatever to be there. You didn't like your quarterback situation, but now you're going to the boring city of Buffalo. And now you're having Josh Allen throw you passes. Yeah. All right. So uh, I don't really see, I'll, I'll wait for like two more seconds to see if Pete calls back in uh, nothing really in the chat. Kyle, anything, any topics you want to hit on while we're, while we're waiting? Like I said, we'll, we have like yeah, 10 minutes. Just one last thing. And that's the, the throw. Okay. You know the what I'm throw? talking about? The, the throw. If you could make the throw, if I could make the throw. Oh, hold on. Go to your go to display. Your, yeah. Go to your computer. It's Chris Hogan, dude. And the thing about the thing, of, uh, well, actually, 
just pull yeah, it up and then let me talk and then you answer me. You respond to what I have to say. Can you can you I, give I, context I am, of why I said I can I never said I just, can make well, this play. Just pull it up. Pull it <laughs> up because there's gonna be people who don't know what we're talking about. So just pull it up and well, then I'll explain. The Missed on scissors? Was it the scissors concept? Um maybe. Is this it? Yeah, I think this Yeah, is. this is it. This is it. Okay. So so play it. <laughs> Okay. Okay. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen watching, <laughs> Joe Blewett in his Chris Hogan film analysis was saying, look at Hogan here. There's a miscommunication by the defense, and he's just wide open. And Scissors concept. Like, Brady, Brady is not what Brady used to be. He's still really good, but he's not what he used to yeah. be. He's like, he should make this throw all the time. And he's like, I can make this throw seven out of ten times. This is what Joe said. Joe said, I can make this throw seven out of 10 times. Now, just listen to me carefully, everybody who's watching. <laughs> Joe is criticizing Brady for missing this throw in the context of a football game where you got to have communication with your team, where you're, re you're dropping back, you're worried about big 300-pound monsters sacking you, where you got to read the, the leverage of the defenders, and then you got to make the throw to your player and you got now this isn't throwing, I'm defending this, myself after this. This is not in shorts in a parking lot, right? This is in a game. Joe is criticizing Brady for not making the throw in a game. In a game where he's got to do all this other stuff that goes into making the throw. So that's the context in which Joe's criticizing Brady. And Joe is saying right after Brady didn't make the throw, I can make this throw. I'm so saying, I, Kyle, so I'm I got saying, on I, Joe. Hold on. hold on, I'm almost done. Almost done. <laughs> I got on Joe and I said, "Listen, you're not making that throw, man. I'm not making that throw. You're bending and then, this." And then Joe's, and then Joe is saying, "Listen, I can make this throw." Scott Mason saying, "I've seen him make the throw." We're talking about whether or not you can make the throw in the game. We're not talking about whether or not you you're can make taking this that throw out of context. I am to, saying, to I'm not saying you're tailgating, oh, no, buddy. No, 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 no. I'm not saying I can make the. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna take the ball. I'm not going to read the, the, the leverage. I'm not going to read this. By the way, this is a scissors concept. Um, Jamal Adams carries it. This was a miscommunication between these two guys. It looks like Rashad Robinson was supposed to take this, and then Jamal Adams was a bite down if they had a Zorro call, which is an automatic switch for these type of things, and, and four deep looks like this. So I guess there was no automatic Zorro or Jamal Adams carry, uh, messed up here. But I'm talking about from here. Like, I'm not talking about the drop back of the read. I'm talking from here throwing a 30-yard ball to a wide-open receiver, I am putting that ball on Hogan seven out of ten times. I am confident in that. I'm not talking about dropping back, reading it. I'm saying if, if, we tr if I transform to Brady right here, I'm making this throw seven out of ten times. And we can go on a football field, and we can make it 40 yards, and I will hit it seven out of ten times. Not 30. Well, maybe not. Let's make it 35. 35 yards because he, he did have to float into it a little bit. But you were saying, oh, he had to float it over a linebacker. There's no linebacker that's going to – what, is he going to jump 47 feet in the air to, to get this? So I'm saying from here to this post, I'm making that throw seven out of ten times. This I mean, right you, here. you do have to and put I think a good, you could too. Okay, but if you're in the parking lot, you can still complete this pass without having to put a good amount of air under it. Yeah, sure. The linebacker is really not in a good position to deflect Dude, this or intercept you don't, or whatever. You, you're not going to whip a ball 30 yards and have it on a line driver and hit this guy in the face. It's going to have if automatic If you see some of these guys throwing the parking lot, they throw like that. Okay, well, I'm not, you know, 
my IQ is above four. I'm not gonna, <laughs> I'm not gonna, I don't whip a ball like that. Like you gotta have, you gotta have a lollipop to it. But this is, it's, it's 15 yards over his head to throw. So it's not, it's not like if he was staying at like the five or the goal line, then yeah, I get that. But these linebackers to me are, are not even in the equation. If you throw any type of decent ball to get it there, it's not like it's a bullet where it's shooting out at 78 miles or, or freaking 7,800 miles per I, hour. Now listen, your, your, um, your, your point about the linebackers is totally fair, but you got to factor in all the other stuff. And all I'm saying, what? All, all what, I'm the, saying what, is the this. defender here and the defender there. <laughs> no, the fact that, okay, before he even got to that, like, did you, did Brady know pre snap that, that Hogan was going to run this wide open? Because I guarantee I you. I just he, said this throw. I didn't say this play. Okay, but, but see, the, the problem is, is you're changing the goalpost. You are moving the goalpost. You said you can make the throw, but there's other things that go into making the throw. Just I'm this. just saying, just the throw, just just the mechanics of this. I'm confident we have 60 people in here. Again, I appreciate everybody. We had almost 100, so I, I definitely appreciate I'm curious to the, see uh, what the people said about this. I, I, I appreciate the people who are in here, so – I'm not even saying for them to ask if I can, because they don't know who I am. They've never seen me in person. They, they don't know who I am. But I'm confident that out of the 64 people in here, 32 of them would say they can make this throw at least half the time. Maybe, and maybe some of them are a little bit overzealous. But if you play any type of sports, if you're athletic or even decently athletic, I think you can hit a 30-yard post. What hey, do you think? Listen, I, I see listen. Jets X Factor in there. What do you think, Sabo? Do you think you can hit this throw 30, 7 out of 10 times? I'm confident you could. You played you play college football. Look how bad he overthrows him. Come on. Oh, no, it's a bad throw by Brady. I'm not defending him at all there. He definitely should have made this throw. There's no question about it. But you aren't Brady, and you're not throwing in the parking lot. And wow. The only reason I criticized you is just to, say, just to act like if <laughs> – the way, the, the way you made it sound and the way I, I gave you pushback is, like, you made it sound like, okay, if I was on the field – in this exact context that Brady's in, I can hit this throw. That's the way you made it sound. So All now right. just to say, so, oh, I can, I, can, I can throw the ball. I know you can throw the ball 30-something yards and complete a, a post. I know you can. That's all I'm saying. I never said that you couldn't do that. But to act like you can put on the Patriots uniform no. against the Jets defense. I'm not saying I'm taking and, a drop and making this throw. I'm just saying just the strict throw. I'm not saying make the play read the defense. So – this okay. is the uh, so far we're getting. Uh, I'm saying you're just I'm, moving the goalpost a little bit. You're, you're changing I'm up your argument a little bit. I'm just saying the throw. I didn't say the play. If you okay. listened with your ears, I said the throw. <laughs> uh, Jets X Factor said hell no safety. I'm disappointed that Saber doesn't think he can make this throw. I guess he never played quarterback. You didn't play quarterback. I played a little bit of like quarterback in high school and stuff. But I tra I transferred to running back. I'm not a. Uh, let's see. Um, but 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 see, is Saber is Robbie thinking about it in the way i'm thinking about or in the way that you're thinking about so we have a disagreement in the philosophy of this kind of not just i'm, I'm not saying the play i'm just saying the throw uh john snow said um i definitely made that throw and i was a d lineman in high school <laughs> uh pete said he tried to call in again and lost said okay pete, maybe next time maybe you have bad connection or whatever joe corsello says don't need to know you and i know you could do it might get picked off though <laughs> by who um uh, savo could do it um no arm okay yeah so I, I, I guess that's it um Kyle any any last topics you want to discuss or anything uh, to say no no it's fun okay it's fun yeah let's see I don't think there's let me just I'm gonna double check yeah so next time definitely try to get more callers again uh people don't really know us I'm assuming there's like definitely a couple people in here who I've never seen before comment on the YouTube videos again if you want to 
go back and watch it. So if this is your first time watching the channel, I haven't seen John Snow before. Uh, Pete Friend said, Joe, I think you can get it to him seven out of ten times. In the parking lot or in the game? I don't know. I'm just saying the throw. Um, But regardless, um, definitely appreciate people coming on again. There's a lot of people I haven't seen before. Um, So continue to tune into this. Again, I don't know exactly what day it's going to be every month. I don't know if it's going to be like the first, the first Wednesday of every month or whatever it's going to be. Just stay tuned. Um, Subscribe, follow me on Twitter. I'll obviously promote it. So I'm happy with the turnout 80 plus people. So I'm definitely planning on doing it at least, at least once a month for now. Uh, hey, whoever, whoever did the dislike took it away. Did they? Did they do it on purpose? I guess. TJ said he's looking forward to many more streams. Yeah, I, I, like I said, uh, the, the thing is, I used Generation Radio, which was largely Collins. It was all Collins, no film. I started to learn more about football like by watching it and, and studying and looking at coaching clinics. So then I wanted to get into more film. So then I transferred it completely into film but I want to get back into once a month again to meet strictly film. Uh, I want to get back into talking to people again, call in next show. I, I appreciate the, all the comments that uh, you guys are leaving and us responding to. I definitely like interacting with you guys, even though I'm not hearing your voices, but again, if you want to call call, if you don't, not, not a big deal. You can always comment because it's, it's just as good. You're getting your opinions out there. Um, but if you're new to the channel, again, McGovern, Beckton, whoever, uh, it, they, they're hour to two hour shows all about technique and foot. And you heard me talking about, the midfoot and upper and lower body disconnection and stepping in the bucket and bucket steps and protections. If you guys want to learn about that stuff and actually know your team, this is the channel for you. So we're going to be doing uh, these shows where we're going to be doing a more talk show type deal. that's based on film. So uh, that's really it. Hey Kyle, any, any last words before we, uh... Oh, uh, cheese, cheese boys. You should do a recap show after every game. So you're new to this channel. Every single game I watch it, I break down the film. And then I do a 40 to f- or 30 to 50 play review of it where I talk about the plays, uh, what happened, why it didn't work, why it did work, individual performances and all that stuff. So that's going to happen after every game. Um, and uh, that's pretty much it. But I do plan on doing this at least once, once a month. So, Kyle, uh, I know you said some words before. but uh, Oh, I was just saying that um, you know, I know everyone's time's valuable. So to – especially for the people who watch the whole thing um, – just really appreciate you spending that much time to watch. That's all I got to say. Yeah, for sure. Uh, again, thanks a lot, guys. And uh, we'll see you in about a month. Uh, keep, uh, keep in touch and um, obviously follow the content to, to watch some of the, watch some of those shows. And even if you don't like those shows, then, uh, you know, just um, watch these shows, but we'll keep you posted.